0: Hello there. Good evening. Um, (laughs) For those of you listening on the live side, this might confuse you a little bit. I apologize for that. However, for those of you not listening on the live side, this is, did that make air? (laughs) I I don't even know where to to start explaining this, Ed. So um, as I bring you up, we can explain it. Go ahead. We had some technical
1: issues, and we're really glad that this might actually be making air. So today, it's a legitimate question instead of
0: just the name of our show. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead and blame my PC. I know you've been wanting to because I make fun of your Mac all the time. Go ahead. Bring it. I'm waiting.
1: Actually, I really wasn't wanting to do that because I I appreciate the fact that you handle so much of the technical side of this program. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh <laughs> I, I had someone asking me the other day like, "So I know you, you told me you do a couple podcasts. What services do you use?" Oh, uh well, <laughs> let me send a couple emails about that. I'll find oh, wow, out. Do you have a staff? Uh no, not at all. That's not ex- at all what's happening.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. We have we have a uh, behind the scenes staff that those of you who are uh, familiar with the program don't know. We have an executive producer and we have uh, lawyers on retainer, and wait a minute, we have none of that.
1: Our internship program is fantastic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can come be an intern for the Did- That Make- Air program for the exact amount of pay we're making. Right.
1: Well, college <laughs> hey, I remember when I was an intern, I was told several times, "It's not the college credit that you're really getting paid in, it's experience. It's life skills. That was, it was so hard to hear with a straight face. Like, no, it's really more the credit that got me here, although it's a pretty good opportunity. So
0: yeah, for, uh, I really would
1: like to knock out that diploma.
0: For those of you who graduated from prestigious communication schools or are about to, like, you know, Syracuse and Northwestern and places like that, feel free to hit us up. Uh, you know, if you want to intern for <laughs> alums of Middle Tennessee and San Diego State, we, we would love to have you. leave it.
1: <laughs> if you enjoy watching your school play football on tuesdays and thursdays at least <laughs> once a year
0: please apply if you enjoy watching your school get punched in the crotch by byu come see us
1: uh I, I don't think anyone really enjoys that
0: yeah um for those of you who want to contact the program you can do so a couple of ways you can check us out on twitter at did that make error we post our podcast links there after the show's finished and after I'm finished swearing at the various uh, pieces of equipment we have available for the program, also DTMA podcast at gmail.com. DTMA podcast at gmail.com. I, for one reason or another, I chose that email address instead of something easier, but uh, whatever. It makes people think. That's difficult. <laughs> you know me, I'm always difficult. Yeah,
1: that's, I don't really think that's very difficult, Brian. I think you're being hard on yourself. You said hard.
0: We move on. Uh, (laughs) We're in for an enlightened (laughs) today. We always are. The the big question of the week, we'll start with that, although we do have the typical rundown of stuff that we normally cover. We talk about morons worldwide, and we're going to talk about somebody who shares a name with a recreational vehicle. We'll get to that during the program, but first...
1: Nice tease.
0: The traditional big question we always ask on the program, and this week's big question... This is another one of those that goes in about 18 different directions, so I'll apologize in advance, but this was your idea, and you deserve the credit for it. Or blame. <laughs> that too. The question, why we as humans, or why are we so self-destructive, and why do we keep ignoring the things that are supposedly good for us? And I know that you had a pretty interesting line on this, so I want to let you lead by talking about your uh, your thoughts on... <laughs> our self-destructive nature, the way we like to get in our own way?
1: Just even if you take a very black-and-white issue like obesity, and sure, there are plenty of factors outside of, you know, I mean, genetics, and and there are all kinds of factors like that uh, that come into play. But generally, we know that if we eat more nutritionally balanced meals, if we get exercise, and if we do certain things of that nature – then it's going to be something that's going to allow us to control our weight in a more effective way. Sure. Now, the majority of our country is choosing to not do this. And I I feel like the choosing is really the key part of that sentence where – and I understand there are all kinds of things that can get in your way. I know that when I get more busy with work, my desire to eat healthy goes right out the window. So – Everyone has a reason, I'm sure, that they're not doing it. But at the same time, when it comes down to it, we know what the right way is, and we're just not choosing to go down that path. And I find it interesting as you look at you know, other issues involving this country or choices that we make. People love to go out and you know, drink or do drugs or things of that nature, and we know that that's not necessarily the best thing for our body. But we continue to do it anyway. And it's like what are we holding ourselves back from? is the kind of the sub-question that I kept coming to when I start thinking about this, because if we know the right way to go and choose not to go that way, why would we want to hold ourselves back?
0: What? You don't think that bulimia and, and uh, anorexia and lap band surgery and diet pills are the right way to handle things, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> you can always find something that would be a shortcut, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that, that goes for anything, though. And I, I think that's, that's the problem. Shortcuts... Uh, don't make us hurt as much. They don't make us think as much. They don't make us step outside of our comfort zone as much. So obviously, that's going to be the solution that most people take. And for, for some people to call that the road less traveled, that's bull. That's that's the road more traveled because it's the easiest road to take. <laughs> that's,
1: if, right, I'm trying to remember that line in the movie about like, look, if everyone took this shortcut, it would just be called the way. Yeah. I forget that but, but yeah. Uh, so I mean we have that to go on but but also I think we can safely say that as humans we actively enjoy doing things
0: we're not supposed to. Well, of course. I mean, you can watch any TV show these days and see people doing things that are self-destructive or illegal or risqué or whatever else and and people just go nuts for that kind of thing. You don't you don't ever see TV shows about you know, and of course, this isn't the 50s anymore, but you don't ever see TV shows where families are sitting there, you know, around a fire talking about what happened with their day or anything like that. You always see, you know, like women going out and, and uh, you know, looking for dudes, guys going out looking for, for women. You know, you see kids with with, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol and everything else, because yeah, that's, that's the way society is. We, we want what we're not supposed to have.
1: Apparently, we really want women from New Jersey yelling about how the other one is not classy.
0: Oh. <laughs> that's, that's another thing. South Park kind of did a, a little bit of a, uh, a lampoon on this recently. They they had an episode about cable TV and about everything that's on cable TV. And, and I I wasn't intending on covering part of that in this, but it, it just kind of came to my mind. Yeah. And you look at, at TV these days, and and I asked on Facebook about this the other day. I said – Why is it that we always pick on music television for not showing music anymore, but we don't pick on the Weather Channel for not showing weather anymore, and now the Weather Channel is showing all these stupid reality shows and everything, and it's like, you know, the Learning Channel and the History Channel and all these other channels are all showing reality programming these days. None of the titles are accurate anymore, and I still said, as I said the other day, I'm going to say it again, we just need to put all of these channels in a bank Call them Durr, and we can have like Durr1, Durr2, Durr3, and just have all of them showing all this stupid lowest common denominator programming and just get them all in one tier on cable. But You know, come
1: on. We all have our guilty pleasures, though. We all have this stuff that we know. It's like, all right, look, I'm not getting anything out of this, but I'm entertained just because of time
0: and place or circumstances or whatever it might be. Now's the time, folks, when Ed admits his guilty pleasures on the program. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, come on, you know, like I've I've watched some terrible,
1: terrible reality TV shows, especially late at night. Such as and somehow I'm, I'm completely hypnotized. Like I have seen I watched back to back episodes of Call of the Wild Man the other night. What a bad decision that was. <laughs> Why? I was strangely hypnotized watching him screaming the same things over and over again and, you know, getting hit up by the skunks and missing teeth and all of those fun things that he does. For some reason, I was strangely entertained. I I had a nice buzz working at the time, so that might have a lot to do with it. But that's (laughs) that, you know, still, these things happen and I don't. I would like to believe that I could hold myself uh, afloat in an intellectual conversation, yet at the same time, I'm choosing to watch Call of the Wild Man. What am I doing? That's not good for me. And I know that it's not the best thing for me
0: or the best use of my time. The worst, I actually, for whatever reason, I don't even remember why, but I was flipping through channels and I flipped past Naked and Afraid on whatever channel that's on. That is the worst damn waste of an hour I've ever seen on TV, period.
1: I don't really understand – I understand the concepts of survival shows. I just don't feel like they really needed to crank it up a notch by adding the naked part.
0: (laughs) I'd love to hear the pitch for that show. It's like, (laughs) we've already seen Survivor. Now we're going to take people and put them out in the wild, and we're going to make them naked. (laughs) Well,
1: you know, one of the things that they've tried to do to offset the shooting costs is that they've actually shot uh, some companion shows for when the people find where they're going, uh, and those air on Skinamax. So that's cool. <laughs> it's an interesting premise. These people have managed to survive this problem, and now they're going to have uh, awkward not intercourse.
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, Scandalous Detectives 13 or something like that once, once they finally find their destination.
1: Right, right, yeah. You know. <laughs> no uh, naked walking through a jungle <laughs> machete <No. laughs>
0: is is the, is the guy's name? Oh, sorry, I, no he's I got
1: okay, I get it now
0: back to the uh, back to the question at hand here. there was something else that I wanted to bring up, and this is something that you and I haven't even discussed, but it's it's something that to me makes sense. The more I think this out, the more I rationalize this. We love to give advice as humans for a couple of reasons. first of all. For whatever reason, this stupid narcissistic idea that whatever advice we give is going to be our legacy. Like if we tell somebody to purchase the red car instead of the black car, when they go to trade that car in in 20 years, they're going to look back and go, you know.
1: Wow, I got 20 years out of that car.
0: Yeah, they're going to be like, I remember when Ed told me that I should buy the red car instead of the black car. Man, what a good friend Ed is. You know, it's stuff like that. That's that's part of the problem. or narcissist is part of it. But the other thing is, we often give advice on things we refuse to do ourselves and wish we would do. Like, you know, with me, I tell people all the time, well, you need to get more sleep. Whereas... I'm somebody who's a damn insomniac. I'm still up because I can't shut my mind down at two or three o'clock in the morning. And it's like I'm projecting what I need to do onto somebody else. That's uh that's brilliantly played.
1: Sure, but you see I mean and you see that all the time. In any number of ways. Not just someone talking about Something as simple as getting more sleep. It could be something like I'm not comfortable with my life decisions of, you know, being a, a surfer guy and not having a job. So I'm gonna yell at my girlfriend about the job she has. You know, it could be something as, you know, like that where it's it's a little bit more serious than you choosing to or not. It's not necessarily a choice because you, you. I mean, I know what you're talking about, man. It's 11, we have a three-hour time difference between us, and it'll be eleven o'clock at night, and I'm like, what are you doing up? Just you know, can't really.
0: Can't really shut it down right now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my problem. I'll freely admit that. And see, that's the thing too. I've gotten a lot of advice from people who are scared to do the same things themselves, and I, I'll stop them at times. and I'll just be like, "Are you listening to what you're saying right now?" Well, yeah. Well, what you're telling me is what you need to do. Well, I I don't guess I really thought about that. And so basically, you are speaking. You know. <laughs> You're, you're speaking the truth without even being conscious of doing so I'll, I'll freely admit I'm guilty of that like I say I'm the worst as far as when it tells you know when I tell people to get more sleep because I need to do that myself there are people who will tell people yeah you just need to stop smoking and you'll feel a lot better Meanwhile they smoke three packs a day you, you know how it works and I think that's part of the problem when we give advice to people and when we're trying to help people get over their own habits we start projecting our own habits onto them thinking well you know if you stop doing this, you'll feel better and we're not willing to walk the walk as it were. Right. And we find comfort in routine as people. Of course we really do
1: really find comfort in that routine. Even if it's a bad routine, we find comfort in the fact that we're doing something that is familiar to us. And let's just take smoking. For instance, there are all kinds of uh, addictions, you know, not just to the nicotine, but then there's the oral fixation that comes with it and all of the other side effects and the other habits that you need to break when you're trying to quit smoking. It's not just one thing. And, It's really going to be hard to overcome that, but it's really easy to look at Steve and say, "Steve, got to cut back on the cigarettes. You really do. It's bad for you." Well, I know it's too, but I, you know, I'm gonna, it's my New Year's resolution, so I'm, you know, I got another few months, and then I'm going to quit. But you <laughs> should quit now. <laughs> and I know that you've seen that too. People find all kinds of reasons. Well, yeah, I'm telling you this now, but I'm just going to do it somewhere down the line because I have a reason that I'm putting it off.
0: Yeah, now that you bring that up... It's a complete,
1: complete cop-out.
0: Is there any bigger fraud than New Year's resolutions anymore? I mean, seriously.
1: You know, I I have had some success with New Year's resolutions. Um, when the calendar flipped over this year, I really did tell myself, "Like, look, you are going to make a commitment to your health. You're going to get yourself in better shape. And for me, it's not even about... You know The physical aspect about uh, a lot of people, especially in Southern California, get so caught up in how they look and looking better and and that aspect of things. It's like, no, I I actually want to feel better, especially as someone who's had as many surgeries as I have. I'd like to feel less pain, and if there's a way that I can do that, that would be something that would be good, and I would like to drop some weight because it affects my long-term health, and that's more what I'm after. It's not about the cosmetics for me as much. There is some of that. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't, but since the first of this year, I've lost 20 pounds. And I can point to that as say, hey, you know, that was some line of demarcation that I created in my head that became an effective reason to make a change in my life. And I mean, for me, it happened to be something that worked. Now, for the most part, it's just it's just crap. I mean, why couldn't that line of demarcation been
0: three months prior? I don't know. Um, well, the bad thing is, and again, I'm, I'm guilty of this. A lot of times it takes a severe life event for people to take stock in themselves. I mean, you can, you can have uh, a job loss or the loss of a family member or whatever else, and all these things that you never realized you needed to do or things that are you know, slowly taking you down a bad road, you never even think about them until all of a sudden something hits you out of nowhere and you don't have anything left to do but think. And like I say, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Uh, and that is, I guess, in the long term... You're getting to the right place, but you're not really getting off to a very healthy start. And that's that's another thing where I've seen a lot of people who have, you know, spurred on awesome change, but it started from a traumatic event and it shouldn't have had to come to that. And I, I think that's another thing where we don't take enough stock and enough inventory in ourselves because we're always trying to project onto other people, whether it's giving advice or, uh, you know... Being a good listener or telling people what they need to do that we can't do or whatever else, you know I think that's part of the problem we We don't ever look inward enough and it's it's going back to the whole phrase that we had before of too many fingers and not enough thumbs uh, but you know it it shouldn't take a big time life event. It shouldn't take somebody calling you on your b s to want to improve yourself. that should be something that you wake up with every day and and I still kick myself every day for letting myself get to the point where I lost focus of myself and I think most people would too
1: but I think that it's interesting that as people we have to reach that bottom of sorts yeah you mentioned a traumatic event be it a poor job situation being fired quitting job whatever it might be you mentioned losing a family member or maybe it could be some sort of like a car accident or something of that nature and those can be the events that can spur change within our lives whereas it's tough to just as you mentioned take stock of your every day and think all right you know what did i do today to get better worse so on and so forth you know and it's so easy to get wrapped up in all of the busy work within our lives and and on all of that and the you know all the text messages and ims and emails and other bs that we send back and forth that consume so much of our time now but the thing that i kind of keep coming back to is we as we, you know, kick this question around, is are we so afraid to look inward because we're scared of success in some way? Do, I mean, do we only want? Do do people only want like so much success, and that's the easy
0: way that, that you can explain self-destruction? That's a valid question because it's like I've said, you don't ever get somewhere, and you've said this too. You don't ever get somewhere without some scars along the way. It's and usually the uh, the path to the top is paved with a lot of pain and a lot of grief and a lot of, uh, you know, setbacks, frankly. Because let's just take, for instance, your example of wanting to have better health. You're not going to have every day be perfect when you're trying to lose weight. I know that. You know that. Uh, You're going to have some setbacks. And how you handle those setbacks really defines your eventual success. If all you do is dwell on, uh, you know, where your uh, your setbacks are, you're never going to see the so-called peak. And you can't... I think that's the thing. I I saw in some movie somewhere, I forget where it was, but they were talking about somebody being successful. And uh, it might have... Oh, I know what it was. It was on Scrubs, where uh, somebody was trying to lose weight. And uh, the uh, the person says to Dr. Kelso, what if it's too hard? And I think that's the whole thing. People are afraid of Things being too hard and having to put in the work, so they 'd rather just take a shortcut or they 'd rather project onto other people or they'd rather just put it off because they 'll eventually get there. Meanwhile, you know you may end up with any number of health problems because you weren't willing to take the steps that you needed to take to get to where you needed to be i mean
1: it it's so strange hearing hearing us you know consider this question where it almost sounds like the
0: key to success these days is staying out of your own way. That's very true. It really is because all, all the biggest roadblocks in our lives, all of the biggest obstacles that we have are self-inflicted. We put them all up. We we don't uh, bump into other people's problems in most cases. There are some people who will try to get, you know, get in our way for whatever we're trying to do. Like if if you're trying to quit smoking, they'll take you out to a club or something like that. Or if you're trying to quit drinking – They'll take you to dinner and try to buy you a beer or whatever else, and, and you know that's that's going to happen. But really, the biggest roadblocks we have are our own, and we're not willing to face those or overcome them in a lot of cases. Even just simple things like anxiety. I mean,
1: it's amazing how much people get hung up on. You know, do I look cool as I'm doing this? Am I? Yeah, oh, are people noticing me at the party or things like that? No, no one is noticing you at the party. I'm sorry to spoil that, but <laughs> no one's the, the stuff that we get so caught up in. Oh, that was so embarrassing cuz I, you know, I spilled I, like I spilled some of my drink out outside. What? No. <laughs> no one cares. Like it's no harm, no felt you spilled it on grass. Like who cares, man? You know. Yet, I guarantee you that would be a kind of thing that people someone could take and hold on to and let fester and all of a sudden it becomes a real you know, this this very real piece of anxiety for them where they're just thinking like, oh, God, these people think I
0: was a moron because I spilled my drink. And it's,
1: it's – these inconsequential things completely
0: trip us up. Well, you know the big thing too, and I, I've said this to myself on a couple of occasions. I've said this to other people. Life doesn't work with a copy and paste feature. We can't go back and take – You know the time when we were cool or the time we looked the best or the time we we knew everything or whatever else and just take it and drop it into another conversation. It doesn't work that way. So you have to make the best of what you have. And it's funny that you bring up the whole anxiety thing because we are far more concerned about what other people think about us than what we think of ourselves. And if we think the right things about ourselves, the rest of it all falls into place, one way or the other. And I I think that's where we get so twisted and our, our priorities are so screwed is we spend so much time trying to please other people that we forget about pleasing ourselves or just unwilling to please ourselves. And and that's a great point that you made, I thought. But I think that
1: the flip side of all this too, is, is we work to the other side of, of the same issue. You know, you were talking about projecting your feelings on other people. Right. I feel like a lot of the things, a lot of ways that we're self-destructive and, and I'm, you know, thinking top of mind, mainly talking about drugs and alcohol type, uh, dependence, you know, there are a lot of times where it's just, you know what, this thing that someone else has projected onto me has screwed me up to the point where I need to tone my mind down and I need to try to slow it down. Or I'm going to have a couple beers or I'm going to you know, smoke or whatever the heck it is I'm going to do in order to try to quiet my mind. And it's usually just something that someone else may have projected on us too. It's not even our thing. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there could be outside forces. It might be a boss at work that gets mad at you, and you're just reacting to that, and you, and you need to quiet your mind down. Or yeah. it could be family strife or something of that nature. And in, so, in some cases, it's not even an issue that you have. It's, it's You get so upset about, oh, someone else doesn't like what I'm doing. Someone else isn't happy with me. Someone else thinks this about me, and we spend all this time obsessing about it. And it really comes back to the what other people think, and we get way too caught up in it. I do myself.
0: I know I do. And
1: it's a big problem
0: for me. The thing that cracks me up, and I, I hear this all the time, is people who say, you know, they'll be around you and they'll have had a couple of beers or whatever and they'll light up a cigarette and they'll be like, I haven't smoked in six months, but I only smoke when I drink. Right. And it's like, okay, so you only have a destructive habit when you're partaking in another destructive habit. Is that how I'm reading that? I've done that with food, though. I mean, I've
1: already – I've done that where it's like, you know what, I already I already ate like a uh, – you know, I already ate all this – just crap for me. So, what's the difference if I have dessert or not? Wait, that doesn't really make any sense at all.
0: Does you, it? Not really. But the thing is, I, I that goes back to the whole setback thing. If you're trying to lose weight and you have a day where, you know, you eat something that you really shouldn't, and you eat dessert or whatever. How you move forward from that day really defines your best lack thereof. If you're willing to let that one day trip you up, if you're willing to, you know, say for instance if you're at work and your boss yells at you or whatever else, if you're willing to let that snowball, then you know, you're you are, as you said, getting in your own way. If you're not willing to learn from it and to move past it and to and to, you know, right the wrong, as it were, then you know, you're never going to get where you want to be because you keep tripping over yourself. You can't let it go. And that's that's another problem that we as humans have. We can't ever move past anything. We have people who obsess over past relationships. We have people who obsess over, you know, how, like like you said, how they look at a party. We have people who obsess over how they perform in a job. And people don't look forward enough. They're always looking backward. And that's another problem that people have is is they get caught up on what happened before Instead of what will happen ahead, so
1: it it almost seems like the answer to our big question, in a way, is why are we so self-destructive? Because we're coping with anything.
0: That's that's very true. And you know, like I say, I'm willing to put myself out there. I've been in that spot. I'm sure you have too. Uh, so we're we're hardly claiming innocence here. But I think no. if, if we look into the greater inner workings of this question we as people and again we don't mean to get coached to make connected thoughts that's not the uh, the intent of this program we're supposed to laugh at stupid people and i apologize for that but the the whole thing here is the whole stupid saying that you've heard 500,000 times it's like there's a reason the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror you've heard that in you know self-help stuff and all that other thing but it's As funny as it is, and as ridiculous as it is, it's true. I mean, you should be looking further ahead at okay, how am I going to you know lose back that three pounds I gained from eating that half a cheesecake, or you know how am I going to get back in my boss's good graces after I uh, you know inadvertently sent them a link to a porn video or whatever? You know how am I going to correct? (laughs) That might get you in your boss's good graces if you have the right boss. (laughs) Well, yeah, but uh, you know how are you going to correct whatever behavior set you back instead of? How am I going to avoid the next setback?
1: I I just I I got completely sidetracked when you said that, though, just because I was driving the other day and the rear view camera in my car stayed on when I put the car into drive. (laughs) So that was weird. It was really strange. I ended up turning the car off as soon as I got to a stoplight because I find myself watching the rear view camera as I was driving, (laughs) which is uh, really dumb.
0: You have to reboot your car.
1: Well, no, you know what I did? I think I was able to just switch it over to like, uh, you know, show me what music I'm playing right now or something, and then it did that. I did have an annoying thing where I plugged in my iPod, and, and sure enough, I could not get it to connect unless I literally turned the car off and then turned it back on. Like it wasn't working for about forty-five minutes of a drive, and then I had to stop and get gas, and then it worked just fine as soon as I turned the car on again.
0: You know, one of these days we need to tell the story of of uh, of you and me and uh, <laughs> and uh, and Tom and Chiron Bob and the uh, in the Jeep Patriot in Atlanta, right around eighty-five and Grady, driving along trying to listen to the iPod, <laughs> and we we got sound out of like what what was it one speaker I think it was. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> oh
1: gosh, That's, yeah. But don't worry, we don't know. We don't have much technical experience. We just work in television. (laughs) I still remember this iPod.
0: (laughs) You're like, whatever I do, I'm never buying these cars. (laughs) I'm never buying a Jeep.
1: (laughs) I'm never buying a Jeep Patriot. No, (laughs) no, I, I. and I haven't. I'm true to my word, see? I'm keeping my word.
0: That's obviously what that's all about. You were speaking of rear view cameras, and it kind of made me think. I, when I went to uh, Tahoe last year, it, I, I got my first ever rental car with a rearview mirror in it. I had one of those... Uh, rearview right camera. View, yeah, that. Whatever. I was like, <laughs> snipe, I, I hope sniper. they have rearview mirrors. <laughs> yeah, snipe That would be dangerous. <laughs> if you thought people in Philadelphia were breaking bad. Uh, no, the... Uh, It had the rearview camera in it, and I was driving one of those Chrysler 300s or whatever else. And I'm backing up, and I'm sitting there just mesmerized by this thing. And I'm just like, this is the dumbest damn thing I've ever done in my life. I'm staring like a monkey, you know, who first discovered various body parts at a camera in a car. I have never felt so stupid in my life, but it really is a helpful thing. And I, I found myself thinking, you know, maybe I should get one of these in my car. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're a dumbass. Stop this.
1: Then you realized you're fully capable of turning and looking backwards.
0: Well, I mean, there might be times when my neck hurts. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just scared of success of parking that car correctly. There's uh, there was something that came up that I wanted to discuss with you, and we we may get back to the big question a little bit later on in the program. Although I think we've mostly conquered. I'm sorry, we'll
1: question. find a way to tie it in.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, Dateline Washington. It's long been America's school kids haven't measured well compared with international peers. Now there's a new twist. Adults don't either. In uh, math, reading, and problem-solving using technology, all skills considered critical for global competitiveness and economic strength, American adults scored below the international average on a global test, according to results released earlier today. That's why people keep taking our jobs. Okay. I I don't
1: know. I mean, these, these studies all seem so... It just seems like they come out only to talk about how much Americans suck. (laughs) I'm not kidding.
0: (laughs) I agree. You're right. But this is the bad thing. Listen to this. In Japan, Canada, Australia, Finland, and multiple other countries scored significantly higher than the United States in all three areas on the test. Beyond basic reading and math, respondents were tested on activities such as calculating mileage reimbursement. Uh, I I would imagine you would have aced that one. I uh, uh, <laughs> much experience in that Sorting email, which I would ace and Sorting email? Yeah, and comparing food expiration dates on grocery store tags
1: Was this a check to see if you had a pulse? <laughs> Gosh <laughs> This is how we're measuring whether or not we can navigate our lives Whether or not we can calculate mileage reimbursement I assume this is without a calculus something.
0: I don't know. It doesn't say.
1: The, the thing is, I, I'm assuming that they must have done something in order to make Deemingly a challenge. You know, but in a lot of cases, we have stuff that does this for us. Now, the fact that we've created a program that's going to sort our email for us, that seems like that would make us smart enough to just sort of skip that. <laughs> and no, no. Here's an example that I'm going to. I was in like grade or something, seventh or eighth grade, and we started taking our uh, math midterm. And I remember our teacher, Mr. Kennedy, handed us out the exams, and we're going through it for about 20 minutes. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, man, I don't remember covering any of this stuff this year. I remember covering it last year, but I don't remember covering it this year. Gosh, I just lowest common denominator stuff. Is this this like a cumulative math history lifetime achievement test or something? So I'm just, I'm scuffling my way through it, and it's all slowly sort of coming back to me. And then, after, you know, like I said, 15, 20 minutes, someone goes up and asks Mr. Kennedy a question. And right away, he jumps up and announces that he handed out the tests for the sixth graders to us. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone in the class was turning to each other, going, I didn't remember how to find that stuff anymore. (laughs) Uh, you know, so, I mean, when I say that, hey, if we've managed to figure out the program that's going to do these
0: menial tasks for us, then we've managed to forget them. We really do. Yeah, just uh, don't ever do what I did. Don't take the SAT with absolutely no prep. Uh, I did that when I was in high school, and I got, I think it was like a 1220 in the SAT or something like that with no, and that, they give you like three times to take it over. I said, no, nope, you know what? I'm good. I'm I'm out. If I can get a twelve twenty on it with no prep, I'm not even chancing it again, and so I just kind of let it be. But there are all these people who go to like you know, or in, at the time that I was going through this, went to all these SAT prep classes and they dealt with like Kaplan and all these other outside people. And I'm just like, you know what? If if I don't know it, I'm not going to spend hundred dollars to these people. So I'm just going to go out and go in there and do what I can do. And if it well, I don't do well. But I went in there, took the test one time. Like yeah, I'm I'm good.
1: Is this the time we mentioned to people that this was when the SAT was out of 1600? Uh, yeah, probably. So it wasn't that Brian was a borderline illiterate that this <laughs> test proved? Group...
0: <laughs> yeah. He got half. <laughs> I got a so three you... on the Wonderlick test.
1: Yeah, you got your name right and a simple math problem or something like that.
0: That reminds me. Do you ever uh, take those Wonderlick tests online, the sample ones? No. I did that once and got like a 37 out of 50, and I felt like a complete you know, idiot after I took it. Because it's going to be easy to log on to some list
1: and find out who got a better score than you on that test and feel shame. Not that I can even think of someone who'd be embarrassing to have a worse score than off the top of my head, but you know that you'd be able to find a way, like some guy that washed out in the league or something like that. Oh, he <laughs> couldn't figure out how to throw the ball to Herman Morris uh, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know why Herman Moore came into my head. I think it was because I was contemplating what a great guy he would have been in the PPR
0: League. He's a native Virginian. That's why. Oh, okay. GW Danville High School. Represent. Anyway, uh, I digress. (laughs) I shouldn't be proud of Danville. It's anyway. (laughs) We're talking about why Americans can't succeed
1: in things. We're just like, yeah, Virginia,
0: Danville. (laughs)
1: What were we talking about?
0: (laughs) <laughs> Researchers tested about 166,000 people ages 16 to 65 in over 20 countries and subnational regions, whatever those are. Uh, the test was developed and released by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which is made up of mostly industrialized member countries. The Education Department Center for Education Statistics participated. The findings were equally grim for many European countries. Italy and Spain, among the hit by the crisis, ranked at bottom across generations – they can make a damn good pizza, though. Unemployment is well over 25% in Spain and over 12% in Italy, so parts of North Carolina, the same unemployment rate. Uh, Spain has drastically cut education spending, drawing student street protests.
1: I still keep coming back to the same theory that I just had about this, and the idea that a lot of these countries managed to advance to the point where a lot of the you know basic computations that we make in our lives are taken away from us Like we don't have to worry about a lot of basic needs anymore because we've advanced our societies to a certain point technologically now the advancement technologically may have come at the expense of you know intellectualism and education but i feel that if you asked a lot of people in these countries you'd look at well look how advanced we are you know we've got i mentioned the program to cert your email and the you know i'm not i'm not calculating my own mileage man I'm just typing in the number of miles that I traveled and then it tell you know that it multiplies it by the fifty cents or whatever it is and then you have a number
0: yeah all hell concur
1: <laughs> right so I just keep coming back to the fact that people are like, well, look, look at all these advancements we made in our country, and we as a collective country then are pointing to the fact that one person was able to come up with this and that a group of people were able to take that idea and make it into something that's part of our mainstream lives and say that, look, we're smart as a people. We don't have to do this anymore thanks to someone whose name I don't know developing Outlook.
0: Yeah, you see, back in the day, people used to actually laugh out loud in person. Now they just text LOL to each other. Herderder.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Just that's yeah. The 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 text language popping up in things that people actually write is just still alarming. I, I refuse to type just U for the letter. For, you know, the, the letter U for the word U.
0: Yeah, unless you're Prince, I don't want to. I don't want to see that.
1: I I just can't. I can't do it. It still feels wrong to me, even though no one would bat an eye if I did.
0: Let's see. Among the other findings, Americans scored toward the bottom in the category of problem-solving in a technology-rich environment. The top five scores in the areas were from Japan, Finland, Australia, Sweden, and Norway, while the U.S. score was on par with England, Estonia, Ireland, and Poland. Uh, Two of those countries are part of my heritage. (laughs) I'm I'm a a proud U.K. rep. Uh, Absolutely. In nearly all countries, at least 10% of adults lack the most basic of computer skills, such as using a mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) I keep waving this thing, and it don't do nothing. I'm waving it in the air. Why don't it move my cursor? (laughs) In... uh... Japanese and Dutch adults who were ages 25 to 34 and only completed high school easily outperformed Italianish University graduates of the same age. That's another thing, too, particularly in our field in communications. Have you noticed that a degree is becoming so rapidly useless anymore? I mean, it's like, yeah, I have a degree, but I, I learned how to do video production back, you know, on an old two-bay deck. You know, <laughs> Seriously, it's just, it doesn't really help you anymore.
1: Uh, well, I just all I feel it may open the initial door, yeah, to maybe get you that first job or that first internship. That's all that we're really doing now, except it's you know a process that's taking us several years to complete. So that makes a lot of sense. But <laughs> no, I mean I I can think of plenty of people in the television industry where I mean this is not an industry where a, a degree is required at all. I mean you have plenty of people that went to. You mentioned the prestigious communication school, Northwestern and Syracuse as examples. And sure, that's done good. At the same time, I've worked with very talented people who didn't go to college. Yeah. They got into the industry early. Their classes were going to work every day. Their classes were watching as, hey, you know what? I went and fetched this guy coffee. And then as I was watching over his shoulder after I brought him his coffee, I learned this thing about producing or whatever it might be. Or they thought, "Hey, you're really good at getting coffee. Maybe you'd be really good at logging tape." <laughs> and then it went from there. And uh, you laugh, but that, that you're right. That, that would
0: not be not describing my career path. <laughs> it's it's like a uh, double negative. It's like here's here's your coffee, Mister Whomever. And uh, tonight the Dodgers are going to take on the Parrots. Oh, son of a take eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is though,
1: is is I will never forget that. When I started uh, my internship for Channel Four, you know, I was working in the booth with Matt Vasgersian and Mark Grant. And both of those guys, you know, were always so nice about asking for everything. And but one of the important things for me every day was at the start of the game to get their coffee. And they would send me downstairs to like the gourmet coffee cart thing. And the order was always as follows: Matt wanted black coffee with literally one drop of cream. I remember I put a small splash in once and he was like, hey, you know, I'm not saying that you need to go get me another one or anything, but literally like just one drop. This is too much just for future. I'm not upset or anything. Oh, all right. Good to know. And one raw sugar. And then Mud wanted a latte, no foam with one raw sugar. And I will remember that coffee order pretty much forever because for a while that was really the most important thing I did at that internship every day was make sure I didn't screw up their coffee. V's going to call you
0: and leave you a hateful voicemail now. You know that.
1: That's entirely possible, and that's fine, because I have no doubt it will be hilarious. Um, <laughs> and that's what's important. But the thing is, is look, it all had to start from something. That was the thing that showed them that I was halfway competent, that I wouldn't screw up a coffee order for a couple weeks. See, Then they became a lot more willing to listen. Hey, I did some research on something. You want to take a look at it? Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> I remember one of the first radio interviews that I went on. This was... You know, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, but I, I went in there and sat down and talked to the guy and told him about, you know, my experience and, and all that. And uh the guy goes, Just give me a cold read on a weather forecast. I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> and I gave him a weather forecast and he seemed impressed, and he's taken me around the station and everything, and, and he's just like, So in this job, you're going to operate the board and at the top of each hour you'll give the weather and whatever news comes across the wire. Other than that, You do not open the microphone under any circumstances, even if there's a nuclear attack. And he paused for a minute, and he's like, okay, maybe if there's a nuclear attack. (laughs) And I'm just like, this is the the glamorous job that I wanted to get into. It's like, I'm going to be sitting in a, you know, in a basically a cubicle in a strip mall, pulling down stuff off of the, uh, you know, the the satellite feed, and occasionally reading news updates at 2 a.m. So glad I chose this career path.
1: I really wish that you'd responded when he said, "Give me a cold read on the weather forecast." By saying,
0: "Looks like snow, Bob."
1: <laughs> yeah, that one's for Jerry. That's what Jerry's joke, uh, in the show.
0: But um, high today of twelve outside, low tonight of three.
1: Well, hey, that was that was big news in the Diego this this uh, morning. As changing weather patterns may result in snow in some of the mountains outside of San Diego in the next couple of days. <laughs>
0: Okay, that's kind of like you know down here. I'm I'm just into South Carolina, and I see all these weather reports for like the North Carolina and Virginia mountains, and I'm just like, why do I care? I'm you know at least three hours from these places. What does it matter?
1: <laughs> I, but still, it's just major freak out. 1949 was the last time we had snowfall this early in San Diego. It's like, wait a second. That
0: it was 75 today here. I don't. See what? What, no right what to tell you? What cracked me up is all the all the weather people here. They're they're like, ah, oh, front coming in. Uh, things are going to get a lot cooler. High today of seventy four. I'm just like, mm. oh damn! How am I ever going to live with seventy four degrees? Jeez. Basically, it's weather that
1: I won't have to change my shirt in the middle of the day. From great, that's actually good news. And I would like to say, Jerry, I'm sorry that I insulted your sense of humor by not making that last joke sophisticated enough for you. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, Brian. Uh, In the chat room, Jerry just said, come on now, my humor requires sophistication. I'd like your thoughts on that.
0: Uh, Well, (laughs) there are many things in in life that are not really worth enjoying that require sophistication. Uh, (laughs) You know, going to Starbucks requires sophistication. Uh, Having wine parties requires sophistication. Uh, Listening to Colby Calais requires sophistication. I'm not really down with any of those. so. Where the hell did yeah, come
1: from? Jeez. I don't know. It, it's a sad day, though, when you realize, like, hey, I have, like, a five-part Starbucks order that just rolls off my tongue without any thought anymore. I will say one thing, though. Their cream cheese brownies are badass. I haven't had one of those. You need to. Um, and nor do I drink coffee, yet I end up going to Starbucks a fair amount to get green tea, showing that I'm a good, you know, Californian. Um, I go in my Prius uh, and, <laughs> you know, flip out my MacBook while I'm there and proceed to hug that tree uh, while I enter, uh, while, <laughs> while I sip my venti ice cream tea on water and easy ice. What? Because I'm that much of a terrible person. What in the hell is that? It's basically saying, please just give me the tea.
0: <laughs> <It's>, you know,
1: <laughs> what if that's, you know, that's what it takes there. Okay, so I'm saying that I want the biggest size, which they were, you know, annoying enough to call venti in the first place, right? And then it's, a, it's an iced tea, iced green tea. Now, what they normally do when you order that is they put, like, eight pumps of sweetener in it, and they add a bunch of water to, delete, to dilute it so it doesn't taste too much like tea, apparently. So I found all this out and was like, well, what do I have to do to just order it so I just get the tea? All I really want is a little caffeine kick. I don't like coffee. And I was, I was told by the people who work there, you have to order it unsweetened with no water which sounds like the weirdest thing in the world. And I was like, all right, okay, well, if that's what I have to do, that's what I have to do.
0: So wait, are you one of these jagoffs who goes into a bar and you, your order is like three words now? You, you're like, no,
1: no. <laughs> I, it's usually vodka tonic, well vodka, because as soon as you put the tonic in, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, but, Except I leave all that part out because I, I've already made that discovery myself. I don't need to share it with the bartender because he knows.
0: I, uh, I do have to ask you one thing. I, I was noticing Ray Flowers, and, and we're getting sidetracked, but that's okay because, you know, what the hell. Um, Ray Flowers, who is a, a fantasy expert for SiriusXM radio, he was, he was talking about how he was in San Diego, and instead of his usual cranberry Red Bull, he went blueberry Red Bull. That's a combination I've never heard, and having just taken some blueberry cold medicine a couple of weeks ago, I can't imagine how blueberry and Red Bull would taste. I'm
1: blueberry vodka and Red Bull. Yeah. Is that what he is? Yeah, that's all right. That's yeah. Okay. That I don't even really know where to go from that. That just seems like a complete. I mean, I all of a sudden I feel better about any drink order I make by default. (laughs)
0: It's like, yeah, can you put an umbrella in that for me?
1: Well, I I mean, first of all, the Red Bull is going to you know mask all of ooze flavor that you pretty much have with the red, you know with the vodka anyway but not only are you having it with red bull you're having it with a flavored vodka
0: so is that like sky or something whatever Uh,
1: there are a lot of brands that make flavored vodka now it's a pretty big market
0: yeah those of you who listen to this program in case you uh you feel like making fun of me i am a complete alcohol newbie i don't drink so if i ask stupid questions you'll have to indulge me
1: that's that's completely fair i mean you know That just means that you're keeping a clearer head than the rest of us most of the time, I think. (laughs) Um, Although, you know, I think it is an interesting thing, and I I don't bring this up to uh, criticize your choices, nor do I bring it up to uh, scare you. But I'm sure you're well aware that the studies show that people who do not drink actually live shorter lives.
0: Well, yeah, true. But if that's the case, at least I won't end my life wrapped around a tree or, uh, you know, collapsed on top of some woman I shouldn't have been with or whatever else. At least there's that.
1: Yet it always seems and, and here we go back to the big question again, talking about, look, we do these things that are self destructive, and those are the times that we always remember seemingly with the most joy. remember that time that you did that and you did then you you know and then you ended up here, and then we were in a Mexican strip club, and then we came out when the sun came up, and <laughs> you know it's like, wait a second, now that are you really looking back at that as a good night? you are okay, all right,
0: okay. There was that time you walked off a curb, and, and you broke leg in three places, and you didn't feel it for two days, and damn, that was funny. But you didn't seem to really find it all that enjoyable at the time.
1: Exactly. You know, we have these times where we made complete jackasses out of
0: ourselves because we were intoxicated or things of that nature. It's like, remember your time you did
1: Yeah, that was funny.
0: See, that's the thing. I have more funny stories about being around drunk people than I have about being drunk myself because I don't drink. Like, I actually remember... One of my college roommates, and I won't name who said roommate was, but I remember him laying on his top bunk, just screaming at the top of his lungs, somebody stop the damn ceiling, it's trying to attack me, the ceiling is attacking me, make the ceiling stop attacking me. And I'm just like, what in the hell is going on here? And I asked him about that the next day, and he's like, I didn't say anything like that. I'm like, yes, you did. You were sitting there screaming it for a half hour? No, I didn't. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, you don't even remember playing NHL 94 with me earlier this afternoon. How are you going to remember that? Wow.
1: You know, it's it's no wonder to me that... I mean, was it colleges that started
0: the whole blackout thing, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, I'm really not surprised. Oh, uh, my father is bringing up the, uh, the whole thing about Jeff Dunham and Walter and Walter's routine about a Prius. First of all, we're not going to talk too much about that routine because of the old copyright issue thing, but second... Um, I know a lot of other people get into Jeff Dunham a lot more than I do. I mean, to me, it's just a guy standing up there with his hand up a puppet's ass. I mean, congratulations.
1: I, I literally have gone out of my way to not watch his work. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, You know, I, I'm not trying to, to say that if you like him, you know, anything about you is wrong, and that's not at all what I'm trying to say. That's not my thing. Never yeah. been into the puppets.
0: Yeah, See, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's just – I can't get past it's the same guy's voice over and over. He can bring out 25 different – and it's still the same guy. It's like, why don't you just do your routine as it is? But they never talk at the same time.
1: It has to be the same person.
0: <laughs> By the way, uh, it, it kind of dawns on me. I forgot to announce at the beginning of the program, uh, Buddy Lee Phillips may or may not appear on this program. Just to let you know, I, I had forgotten to give you the update. Uh, Buddy Lee Phillips is actually in jail right now. Really? Yes. Hmm. Would you, uh, would you like to
1: know why he's in jail? I was guessing that he was having trouble finding some, uh, throat lozenges, as
0: I know that sometimes he has a little sore throat working. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole, uh, the whole smokes thing kind of bothers him, but, yeah. The, the uh, the, the real reason is, you know, he's got that big 50 foot American flag flying on his front lawn. I mean, you've, you've Descent. heard all about that. Well, sure. One of the neighborhood kids apparently decided to uh, kick a soccer ball into that American flag, and uh, and Buddy saw that happening from inside his trailer while he was watching World Wildest Police videos, and he ran outside and uh, kicked the kid in the stomach and gave him a stone-cold stunner and then flipped him the middle fingers and then got arrested for it. So if he can make bail in time, then he'll he'll be on the show. Gosh, that's, you know, I'm not
1: surprised to hear that happen, though. I know that uh, Mr. Lee Phillips not a huge fan of uh, the world's most popular sport.
0: <laughs> yeah, pansy uh, football, as he calls it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll see if he can make bail in time. I, I know he was trying to, uh, you know, send his uh, his sister Wanda to the coin star and see if he can make bail. So we'll see. To the coin star. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. I wonder. If, does he have any cash for gold that he might be able
0: to move? Or uh, maybe uh, we'll have to see if we can contact Butters and, and uh, get a hookup on that. But maybe. See, he's he's got spent whiskey bottles that he keeps change in, and so you know, it had to take those to the coin star every now and then.
1: Well, could you recycle the bottles, too, or does he
0: not recycle on principle? Well, the thing is, though, you, you can't hit somebody over the head with an empty whiskey bottle. you got to have a full whiskey bottle if you're going to go upside somebody's head with it. That's a good point. It is a good
1: point. You know, Some people just use a sock full of quarters. He uses a whiskey bottle full of quarters.
0: <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll allow you to choose the next path we go here. Um, you can choose from one of the three things that I'm going to offer. Uh, you can choose from... worries about injury causing an overreaction or snuggling or making fun of floridians your call
1: the snuggling story is great if it's the one i think it is Uh, Um, yeah although i'd like to i'd let first um let's hear more about the worrying causing the overreaction because that's just so appropriate for
0: the big question in our show Dat- Isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I, I think you'll understand once I uh, once I start to say this. Uh, oh, boy. Dateline Pork worries about injuries at a Long Island school have led to a surprising ban. As CBS 2's Jennifer McLogan reported Monday, officials at Weber Middle School in Port Washington are worried that students are getting hurt during recess. Therefore, they've instituted a ban on footballs, baseballs, lacrosse balls, or any other balls that might hurt someone on school grounds. Oh, gosh. Okay,
1: let's, let's hear the reasoning behind it. And this is where it always goes right off the rails, too, once you actually start to hear the quotes from school officials about it. And that's what pains me it's, – it's something that pains me to stay, say because, as I've mentioned on this show, uh, usually in more coherent English, that my father worked as a teacher and administrator in the public school system for 30 years. So it's something where when I see schools making these decisions, I get it. At the same time, it's disappointing and – Well, we can talk more about why it's disappointing later, but I I must hear how the schools managed to rationalize this because I know I'm going to be
0: not happy about it. (laughs) Uh, Tossing a football during recess has long seemed to be a rite of passage for the kids in the school community. Quote, I think we need the soccer balls, the footballs, and everything so we can have some fun, unquote, one unnamed student said. But these students will have no such option anymore. They were just informed that during recess, football is out and Nerf ball is in. Hard soccer balls have been banned, along with baseballs and lacrosse balls, rough games of tag, or cartwheels, unless supervised by a coach. Now, I don't know about you, but I used to be able to throw a Nerf ball pretty hard. Uh, so I would imagine a Nerf ball really isn't helping you a whole lot if somebody decides that they're going to you know, make you wear one. Just saying.
1: <sighs> this is just so... First of all, I feel like that has all sorts of potential to go completely wrong, You know, People are going to all of a sudden – the wrong types of people driving their ice cream trucks and panel vans will be driving up to supervise kids doing car wheels. (laughs) And that's like just the – I feel like you just made a really bad error in judgment there, school districts. Um, Look, I understand that a baseball is a hard ball um, and can cause some damage when it hits you. I've been hit in the head with them not wearing a helmet. Same here. And that would probably explain a lot about what I say on this show. <laughs> At the same time, I really enjoyed playing on the playground so much. I mean, I remember being in you know fourth grade or something and you know playing dodgeball and catching a ball thrown by an eighth grader. And everyone was like, oh, my God. Can't believe that happened. And then. Two throws later, the same you know, the same eighth grader actually you know absolutely takes my head off with one. So guess what? I still remember the fact that I caught that ball more than the fact that I had a guy hit me in the head
0: with a ball that hurt. I have a question. When I was I think four years old, maybe five, I was running around our playground area at my elementary school, and for whatever reason, there was a cemetery on our elementary school grounds. I have no idea why, but I, I think it was something from back in you know the war days. But I'm running around that, and somebody had left a seaboard banger bottom-up, and it had nails sticking out of it. I tripped on said board, and it punctured my leg, and I had to to end up getting eight stitches. So my question is, can I go back in time and retroactively out there so I can maybe get that that, uh, scar off my leg at some point? I hope so. I hope that—I don't know. I'll have to check in on the
1: statute of limitations on that one. (laughs) If we can bring some action.
0: (laughs) See, what I'm getting out of all this, though, and, and, you know, just one simple sentence. (laughs) Gather round, kids. Let me introduce you to your new PE teacher, Grant Balfour. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, kids? F you. (laughs) Keep those
1: kids in line. I'm going to sit here, you know, just because I'm Australian, I'm going to be drinking Fosters during class. Not because they actually want to drink that. No, it's... it's... That was such a weird. That was a, such a weird thing to watch unfold yesterday. Hey, and here's the one-two pitch, and it's fouled off, and we're screaming at each other, and the benches <laughs> have cleared. So, Victor Martinez walks slow enough out to the mound that he knew that someone would get in between him and Grant Balfour.
0: So, you know, they have that Reds apple ale. Does Grant Balfour drink uh, red asses apple ale? Is is that what he's uh, that's into?
1: That's entirely possible. I think he drinks Darren Erstad's Dream <laughs> Lager or something. Like I don't know what. Exactly. That. he's still working on the title, I think. But still, that's you know, that might be the guy. That might be what his preferred brew of choices. You know, I, I just, at what point are we going to? I remember there have been a few times in my life where I said to, where I said to people who were trying to help me, I'm like, look, I really appreciate that you're trying to help me right now. You're going to have to let me make mistakes on my own in order for me to really learn. Yeah, exactly. If you keep holding my hand through this process the entire I won't grow as a person to the point where I don't need – I will always need you to hold my hand if you always hold my hand.
0: And we return to the big question.
1: You know, I, yeah. Well, that happened That happened with me when I was getting started as a producer, and there was another producer I was working with named Jason Bott, and he taught me so much and was always so generous with his time and sharing information and ideas and things of that nature. And when I was first starting to do shows on my own, he would be there on headset, and I found myself at times where he was queuing talent and doing stuff that I was forgetting to do. And I finally said to him, I'm like, look, please do not be offended by this, but at the same time, you need to let me screw something up here. These shows will not be perfect. I know they won't because I'm learning, and guess what? I still haven't had that perfect show yet, and I don't think I ever will. I mean, That's just the nature of live TV. There's always going to be something that you think, you know, I probably could have done this better or that better, but he said to me like, okay, all right, I understand, and it, you know, it took him a second, and then when I talked to him about it later, he's like, no, I get it. You, just, you, have, to, you have to be the one realizing like, hey, this is what happened when I didn't cue talent. They didn't talk, and that's on me. And once that happens on the air, it's a lot more likely to get you to remember to do it the next time than someone picking you up, you know, being that safety net.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of of doing college radio at one point because you know that was one of the more pivotal parts of my uh, my professional development, as it were. And I remember I'm seeing people switch shifts, and the way the uh, the console was laid out, there were two turntables on the left side of the desk, and The previous talent was trying to walk out from behind the desk and walk around, and they walked past one of the turntables, and their coat caught on the uh, on the turntable arm and dragged it all the way across the record. And the talent who was sitting in uh, forgot to turn off the mic, and so uh, dropped an s blast with the uh, with the mic wide open, and uh, you know stuff like that. And and people are just like, "Why didn't you go cut the microphone off?" I'm like, "He's not going to learn anything that way." (laughs) And you know, now I'm the jerk, but still, it's it's a valid point. So it's
1: just a – and I realize, look, there's all kinds of liability issues and insurance issues, and I and I understand that. I really do. Hey, now, you all right? Yeah. Did you take up smoking? Yeah, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> so there are all kinds of all of those legal and liability issues which have become more and more prevalent as each you know passing month seemingly goes by. At the same time, taking away things like, look, sorry, kids. You know, we have made the decision that for your own well-being, you can't have a baseball in your hands. We're going to start using ones with special covers that are softer. So if you're not smart enough to get your noggin out of the way, if you can't catch,
0: you'll be protected.
1: No, I feel like that's sending the wrong message.
0: Yeah, see, I I need to learn how to hit the dump button when I'm going to cough instead of actually just coughing.
1: Ah, yes, there you go.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Uh, what 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 did the person say from the school district? I completely went past that. Um, Port Washington School Superintendent Kathleen Maloney said the change in policy is warranted due to a rash of playground injuries. quote, "Some of these injuries can unintentionally become very serious, so we want to make sure our children have fun but are also protected unquote. Experts, uh, the the old experts love experts say without helmets and pads children are more susceptible to getting hurt so now we're going to go ahead and put bike helmets and elbow pads and everybody as they run around on on the uh, on the playground playing smear the cue. wait so
1: where does the line end up getting drawn the line end up getting drawn about we're so scared to have people hurt that we're just we're putting everyone in the bubble and we're just wheel us around the playground and all we can do is play soft bumper cars don't knock anyone down while they're in their bubbles though kids (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: Like, like. Well, see, Long Island. Every,
1: everyone has disease. We can't. We'll have to be in a quarantine environment. Otherwise, we might get sick.
0: Yeah. Uh, Long Island Jewish Medical Center emergency room director, Dr. Salvatore Pardo, said he's been seeing. Now, one of these things is not like the other. I want you to to identify which one it is. He's been seeing head injuries, bumps, scrapes, and is worried about concussions. I'm sorry. I, you know. Maybe wrong of me to have felt this, but uh, can you just read that last line again? <laughs> Long Island Jewish Medical Center Emergency Room Director, Dr. Salvatore Pardo. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I would have figured it, you know, any number
0: of. You know. Not that. Um, several districts from outside Long Island are already contacting Nauk County. Well, there's a problem. Educators. Soon additional schools may be jumping on the banning balls bandwagon. Doesn't that seem apropos
1: when you think about all of the double meanings that Hey-o. but seriously <laughs> makes you want to really your hat <laughs> I'm just I'm, it's an actual statement as a in, in addition to a pretty decent pun <laughs> <laughs> that's really no don't don't be that don't be that manly kid anymore you know no 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 tackle football. No, no, anything. No, no feats of physical uh, prowess or strength, things of that. No, we're all going to sit nicely and quietly, and you know, play with a. Uh, we're going to roll the ball back and forth. No one gets hurt that way.
0: No, see, sweetheart, you can't get hurt if you watch House Hunters.
1: Oh, House Hunters. Then we could just turn. We can turn us all into the thing that would be the dream of. Women all across the country, someone who can install backsplash. We were talking about that right before the show. I want granite.
0: Where's the hell, where the hell is my granite?
1: Uh, and the countertops and backsplash. That's apparently all that happens on kitchen shows from the three I've seen. <laughs> yeah. No, this came up because I gathered a lot of things. I don't consider myself an especially handy person. I'm not that guy that, you know, had did shop class and was building the, you know, the, the brilliant things that uh, actually may be used outside of class. Uh, and no, I'm not talking about the stoner kids that were making their water pipes or whatever the <laughs> hell it was, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm not that guy. That is not my thing. But if you give me a set of instructions, I'm more than capable of following them. Once I figure out what, you know, how they're basically written, you know, it wasn't an Ikea product. So, there was at least some English to be read. <laughs> <laughs> See, I but just... At the same time, though, you still don't know which way is up on this. This looks the exact same. And then maybe you look in the next one and realize, okay, I just put this on upside down, not that I've turned the page over.
0: Yeah, I still have dime hockey boards from when I was in school and, and making those. I don't know if you ever played dime hockey, but if you didn't, you missed out. Yeah, I did. I did miss out. Love dime hockey.
1: Anyway, I always, I always loved the, the rod hockey games, you know, with USSR, USA.
0: <laughs> I did. I loved those. I, I think we need to send those kids from this school district to this place. Uh, and I, like I said, I saw a story on this about a year ago, but I, I forgot where it came from. Uh, Jackie Samuel insisted snuggling is not always about sex. Uh, no comment. Okay. What I like to do is cuddle. The 29-year-old told the Penfield Post describing why she decided to turn her passion into office wonder if she tells her customer she has a headache on a regular basis. Um,
1: <laughs> I just feel like that's all, all that her, quote, passion is. What do you really like? I like to be lazy and warm.
0: <laughs> I'm like a human chalupa.
1: <laughs> I like to be lazy and warm because my favorite
0: thing involves me laying in a bed next to a warm human being at samuel's the snuggery in penfield new york snuggles go for sixty dollars an hour the innocent sessions are in a bed with samuel who will simply wrap her arms around you or yours around her there's no nudity allowed which is yet to deter any clients most of whom have been middle-aged men or older samuel says that for the most part they respect her boundaries Uh, yeah they respect your boundaries while they're drilling farts into your thighs congratulations for that
1: Oh no! That's I, I had thought of that part. I just kept thinking, how does what does she do to get through it? Now, as part of the sixty dollar cuddle, you know, the fact that you're going to be interacting with her during it. Do you just fall asleep? Does she have? Is she just like listening to podcasts the entire time to pass the time? <laughs> she listens you know, to us. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, that if if you do, please email the
0: show. Does she uh, does she bitch about how you you always hate her mother and won't pay any attention to her mother? Is that is that how that works?
1: I hope so. I think that would be a more realistic experience. <laughs> this... I mean, the more realistic experience is that every time you said, "All right, go ahead and wrap your arms around me," she'd say, "No, I don't. You're you're the, you're cuddling me.
0: <laughs> you're the big spoon." Yeah. <laughs> this is uh this is not about sex. I'm very straightforward about that. Samuel said in a video, courtesy of ABC 13 Television uh quote hypothetically if someone were to get aroused i would just communicate that that's not what we're doing unquote she later added that's (laughs) that's why you let her snuggle you you don't have to worry Uh, about that
1: yes (laughs) gosh i just that's it is kind of a sad commentary though that people's lives can get to the point where they're saying look i'm willing to pay 60 hour 60 dollars for an hour of human contact, because I am getting no human contact. That's kind of sad, actually.
0: Well, see, that's what happens when you get into like long-distance relationships, and that seems to be a more common thing these days, long-distance relationships, because people meet on uh, Match.com or they meet somewhere else on the Internet, and it's like, oh, I-, I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but not for nine more months. you know. So that- that's how that goes. Right, and I really think that I found my soulmate –
1: Three cities over, even though I never really bothered looking in my own city, because that would require me to leave my own
0: home. Yeah, I I found my soulmate Jens in Germany. (laughs) Love works in strange ways. He's the only one that understands me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have you looked around, like, the the city that you're in? No. Oh, all right. Well, then, yes, obviously, you have a firm grasp of who understands you.
0: I have seasonal affective disorder, damn it. (laughs) How dare you criticize my choices?
1: and again, there I go, judge people. I mean,
0: pfft, can I <laughs> <say>? <laughs> Judge not, lest GB judge. Therefore, I will judge you later. No, I have, I have plenty of, I have plenty of foibles. I have admitted that. Uh, according to ABC13, Samuel started the snuggery to supplement her income as a real estate agent in Rochester, New York. <laughs> now I'm picturing some sort of scenario where a client
1: is having a tough time getting a hold of her. so he books an appointment at the snuggery so he could talk about hey are we closing yet is the paperwork coming through
0: (laughs) okay i'm gonna go ahead and uh you know put my arms around your waist i want you to tell me what you're looking for in (laughs) a home exactly look um
1: my wife really wanted to know are we going to be able to close so we're in time for thanksgiving this year (laughs) because
0: we like to entertain
1: yeah okay great well i'm just gonna lay down here and if you could just sort of maybe stroke my hair a little bit that'd be great thanks
0: so uh bob uh i I was wondering are you looking more like three bedroom uh four bedroom uh kitchen do you want granite and stainless bob you're poking in my back again bob
1: such a 60 dollars, though i mean hey she's she's got some self-confidence i guess to be asking
0: for that amount of money right Uh, Yeah, she says, quote, I thought I need to validate or need to kind of validate my position. You know, I need to have some kind of certification or license that says I'm a qualified cuddler, but I couldn't find anybody else who was doing what I was doing. So I decided to just start, unquote.
1: You know, okay. there's Uh, actually something I wanted to bring up earlier that relates to this. Okay. there's something about the previous story with the kids and playgrounds and all of that nature you know i need to be certified it has been a reoccurring theme in our society as a whole that things have to be official and just look at the way in kids play today versus the way that kids used to play you know and i'm sure that jerry in the chat room can back us up and and even our generation to an extent but it used to just be something where you could go to a baseball diamond or you could go to a basketball court, you know, at a playground and you could just have up game. But now it's, well, you know, I play when I, I have my little league practice on this day and then we have games on Saturdays. And that's when I play baseball, and then I have ba- basketball practice on on, on Thursdays, and I, I play those games on Sundays, and that's when I play basketball. And we only, you know, kids only play the sport when it's an official
0: outing. You know what I'm talking about? Actually, uh, first before we proceed, back in his day, they used to play with bayonets, powder rifles, and, and muskets. But uh, before, before we <laughs> proceed with that. You've got a good point, because I remember, and you can ask my dad about this, when I was a little kid, I used to be out playing football or whatever else pretty much every day of the week. I mean, I'd be out there with a tennis ball and a wood bat, uh, you know, hitting the ball around, and and we would have, like, you know, guys from different neighborhoods playing and all that stuff, and that's really the only reason I'm good at baseball. I, I wasn't born with, you know, the same natural talent that you see out of a lot of these other guys. I got good because I worked my ass off at it, and... Kids these days they either have it or they don't. They're not willing to work for it and the parents don't really feel like making them work.
1: Mm, okay, you know, I I don't I don't know if I agree with that last part of the statement because in some ways um I feel like the parents are making the kids work way too hard just from kids at a young age being put in programs like
0: year-round baseball. Well, yeah, you have helicopter yeah. parents and that's that's fine, but I'm I'm saying for the most helicopter part. parents, I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. It's uh okay. parents who who loom oh, I get over, it.
1: yeah. I get it; it's good, um, but I'm just saying that that I think it, it. In a lot of cases, it seems like one extreme but the other, or, or any reason why that, that kids look. What's hey? You want to go down to the park uh, and just you know see if there are any other kids down there and start a game? That would be the scariest idea to a lot of parents these days. If kids are saying that, you know, if say you got two kids who are you know, hey. You know, we got two brothers here, and the older brother says to the younger one, "Let's head down to the the park and see if anyone else is playing there." A lot of parents are like, "Okay, well, if I can't go with you, then you're not going." Uh,
0: yeah, pretty much. And so, <laughs> I have no idea where that started either. I'd love to know the the genesis of the uh, of the paranoia of the modern parent.
1: Well, uh, I mean, we blame so much on the media on this show, despite being a part of it in a way. But sure. I, it still comes back to the same question, and, and and I don't know the answer. I don't. I haven't gone over the percentages of these types of crimes or anything like that and reviewed all the statistics, which, you know, is par for the course on this show. I mean, we're not saying that it's serious philosophy that we're kicking <laughs> around here, folks. No. But are there really is there really a higher percentage of things like kidnapping and, you know, Uh, other types of crime involving children you know at a playground say is there really a higher percentage of that going on or are we just more aware of it because the media is so much easier to access and it's easier to synthesize huge chunks of information
0: if it bleeds it leads that's the way the media works And every single newscast in every single city always leads with murders rapes kidnappings stabbings everything else and so that's of course, what most people imagine that is going to happen to their kids when they go outside it's like, yeah, i can't let my kids go next door because somebody's going to sneak out of a bush, stab them, rape them, run over them with a car, and uh, shoot them in the face That's, that's pretty much how right. it works
1: right so i mean and that's a that's just something that i mean i'm as someone who would like to have kids, it's something where I think oh, I would love to be able to give my kids freedom in order to do you know, what they're going to do, and it would allow them to learn and you know, become self-sufficient at a younger age, and you would hope that they would be able to do that. And at the same time, it's very easy to get caught up in the idea of I need to be protective of my kids. I need to be able to save them from these bad things that are out there because they're not aware of it, but I am, and I should know better.
0: So where do you, where do you start drawing that line, and that's a tricky one too. Can you imagine your your kids are like you know seventeen years old or something like that and you know getting ready to go on a first date with somebody? It's like yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and lay down on the back seat of the car so that they can't see me and then I can listen in on everything that happens and make sure that they don't get in, into any compromising situations and nobody threatens them and nobody causes them any harm because I'll be right there the entire time.
1: No, I just installed the webcam on the rear view mirror.
0: <laughs> just jack their car. Just put a yeah. GPS in it. <laughs>
1: oh. Kidding me. Of course it is. Left my iPhone in there. Used the Find My
0: iPhone app. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, I noticed you stopped off by, uh, <laughs> you know, you stopped off by. Uh, let's let, let's throw something out there. I noticed. Oh, you, you guys
1: parked at Lover's Lane, eh? Hmm.
0: Well, uh, to to go back to St. Louis to uh, to cite a friend of mine's favorite establishment. I see you uh, went to the Filthy McNasty's in St. Louis. Uh, what happened there? Yes, that is an actual place.
1: I just have seen in the chat room that Jerry is saying that there are many more sex offenders and perverts around today. We do not have those concerns. Now, again, I mean, I, I just I'm just saying, like, is it a higher percentage? You can always look at the raw numbers and say there are going to be
0: more because the population is higher. Well, yeah, but of course, you you also like like we said before, we have a lot more people who watch more deviant things on TV and read more deviant things and access more deviant things on the internet. And so therefore, by, by nature, you're going to have more deviant people because there's more access to deviance.
1: Sure. Okay. I mean, I see your point with that. At the same time, it's all about acting on the negative impulse. True. You know, I mean, I have thoughts every day that I am not proud of. <laughs> and Oh, I, I do. I mean, I, I think that if we're all honest with ourselves, you can all think about a certain time where you've thought something as simple as – and look, I, I am not – I literally cannot remember the last time I got into some sort of physical altercation with a person. It's been years. I was 12. It's been so long. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've had situations where I've squared up to someone even and wanted to do something. And then have you know caught, kind of caught myself and thought, you know, you don't want to go down this road, and walked away from it. And I'm proud that I'm able to do that because I don't, you know, violence is not necessarily the answer, and all. I I, I do believe that. At the same time, you know, sooner or later you do have to learn to stand up for yourself, and so, if you keep standing up for your own kids, I mean. <laughs> Like, when are they going to learn to do it for themselves? So, and that's really what I keep coming back to in this whole argument.
0: The uh, the thoughts you were talking about before that you weren't proud of, is that like when you're in the store and there's somebody ahead of you and they're on their cell phone. They're like, did you get that presentation? Can you hear me? Did, did you get that, you that just want to swipe their legs right
1: out from under them <laughs> and, and, so their face smacks <laughs> against the supermarket cart. Sure. <laughs> you know, you think that and you're like, I'm a terrible person. Why am I thinking that? I don't really want to harm this
0: person i just wish they'd shut up and stop their cell phone conversation yeah you're just like if i could get away with it i'd, I'd just i'd walk out of here i'd you know I'd, I'd grab this pen and just stab that son of a <laughs> seriously stuff like that goes through your head and you're, you're not proud of it but right it's human nature right right I- <laughs> <laughs> It just you
1: you have those moments where you're dreaming about popping off at someone <laughs> just dreaming you know you see you could be it could be someone at Starbucks or something like that who's you know, r- pouring over the menu while they're standing at the register. Everyone else in line knows exactly what they want. And this person's like, well, what's in a Frappuccino? And you just want to slap him in the face so badly or just start yelling insults at them or something because you just want to move on about your day. That's really all you're trying to do. And this person is getting in the way of it.
0: All that reminds me. The other night I, I went to the one of the local grocery stores around here, and we've established on this program, for those of you who have listened before, uh, you and I are both fans of the self checkout. There's there's really no way to roll. And I would not get, get out. Don't deal with too many people. Yeah, I went to the self checker, and there's only one open in the store out of the four. And so oh boy. I get up there, and there's four teenage kids, and they're up there trying to push buttons on the screen, trying to distract each other and stuff, and you know one of them shoving another one and all this stuff. And so finally, they decide that they you know they've got everything wrong up. And so they start paying for everything which they had a 6 dollar purchase and they're paying for it in nickels.
1: Oh, I thought you I really was thinking dimes, but I could feel it coming.
0: And the kid one of the kids turns around to me and goes and just hey bro. in the in the most, you know, fake ass voice he goes, "Sorry for the inconvenience." I'm like, "Look here, you little bastard. I'll pull your shirt over your head and and hockey fight you right now in the middle of the store. Don't think I won't." And then I'm like, "No, Brian, calm down." <laughs> but it's I just a
1: Magnolia fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> that's that's a good call.
1: But I, I, we've all been in that situation where something annoying like that happens and you're just like, oh, God, I wish I could do something about this right now. But I can't. So I'm just going to daydream about it and transfer that anger to some other point in my life when it flares up later from the depths of my soul.
0: You know, this is where I think that the, the title we kicked around for this program is probably appropriate right about now.
1: The, uh, Did that make
0: air? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking Admitting about the actual. that we want
1: to harm young kids.
0: No, the uh, <laughs> the actual individual episode titled the the blank. All you people, I, I think that's <laughs> pretty much. Uh...
1: That's kind of where we're at right now, <laughs> <laughs> but it comes up every day. There's at least one moment every day where you just go, like, what is going? What what are you thinking? Like, how do you not see that this is something you shouldn't be doing, just as a societal in a societal way? It can be something big or little, but it could, but it could because it's it doesn't fit with the way that we view the world. It bothers us even more.
0: I, I'm going back to the snuggery story real quick because I see something that that makes me laugh. Uh, it says she started the business to give people the gift of touch, explaining that society tells us material objects will make us happy when touch reportedly lowers blood pressure and releases oxytocin and dopamine as well. I actually uh, saw a bubble blonde uh, news anchor type reading a, uh, a piece of copy one time about hugging and why hugging was so popular. And she said that it released oxycodone.
1: <laughs> oh, just missed on
0: that one. Nice <laughs> just try. a bit outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was it was pretty awesome. Went to a place for dinner fairly recently, where um, you know we had oh gosh, what was it? Uh, my lady friend was asking about oysters and asking, hey, do you have any? Do you have any oysters from British Columbia? <laughs> and uh, and the waitress said something about like, no, we only have ones from Canada. <laughs> we were just like, oh my god how do you how do you not how do you get through the day without you know like stepping onto a rake every five seconds
0: <laughs> i um i noticed by the way in the piece that she references a book called the cuddle sutra mm-hmm. so now i'm left to go read the uh the details about sutra? This yes um cuddling is more intimate than a candlelit dinner this is an excerpt by the way Uh, More than a joint tax return, and yes, even more than sex. With the simple act of an embrace, two people can be joined together in such an intense bond that words no longer serve a purpose. The cuddle says it all. The Cuddle Sutra is an all-encompassing resource for the act of cuddling, filled with detailed descriptions and illustrations of all the ways to express affection, whether you're in the privacy of your own bedroom or walking Main Street, includes 50 cuddle positions fully illustrated for such locales as snuggling in the bedroom, canoodling on the couch, hand dancing, enchanting embraces, and much, much more.
1: Hand dancing? Uh, yeah. I've never heard of hand dancing. I just knew they were hand jiving. (laughs) I didn't, I'm just, I'm now trying to picture what hand dancing is.
0: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go on record and guess that's probably an HJ. Just saying. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: You know, that doesn't seem like, that seems like you've crossed the line from cuddling into something
0: else somebody says as part of the reviews that it would be a great bathroom book.
1: Great. Of course it would be. That doesn't seem like the place you really need to be
0: learning about that. Does it? <laughs> Just saying. Can you imagine that? It's like, you know, your, your loved one comes home. And is like, uh, baby, uh, I was, uh, I was taking a dump earlier and I saw this, pos- this position that we really need to try later. <laughs> you what? <laughs> Did you have to that tell me That seems like
1: bad timing. <laughs> yeah. Bad associations too. Uh,
0: Let's see. Um, the The most helpful critical review says, While sex is a great thing, sometimes a person just wants to be held and touched. Cuddle Sutra is a sweet book to give a partner and shows various cuddling positions. It's not deep or thought-provoking, but I think it wasn't meant to be. I'm giving it to my girlfriend, and we'll see how the cuddling goes. That from a female reviewer. We'll see how the cuddling goes.
1: I just... I have a tough time believing that people actually need instructions about how this works. This seems like it's a pretty simple concept. <laughs> Look, you're, you're in bed. I'm in bed with you. I am trying to hug you while we're lying down. That's pretty much what's going on, folks. Like, isn't that the story? Isn't that it seems like such a simple concept. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, one of the other podcasts that I've, I've really, uh, been listening to a lot lately is the You Made It Weird podcast with Pete Holmes. And one of the things he talks about is he, you know, he actually likes the idea of commitment. And, you know, I'm, it's one that I've become more comfortable with as I, I've gotten older, says the unmarried person. And, uh, <laughs> but, but he started talking about, Things that he thinks when he he thinks that he's getting towards the idea of a committed relationship, but he was talking about, look, if I feel that I could spend time with a person eating Ben and Jerry's in flea socks, then I think that that might be something I could really enjoy, and that made me (laughs) – that amused me a great deal just because the idea is – you know, It's a very funny way of just talking about, look, if I can just be with the other person and spend time with them and it's not as much about sex and, and things of that nature. And, and that's all well and good. And I know that that's really at the core of what this person is trying to say about their cuddling business. But isn't the whole issue or, or the whole point that you're trying to have an intimate moment with the person that you're with? So you're a prostitute for cuddling?
0: Okay. All right. As, as long as I understand
1: <laughs> really what's happening here.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember my, one of my roommates in college gave me the ultimate uh, in, in loving ways of describing when you know you're in the perfect relationship. And uh, it still sticks with me today. He said, you'll know that you found the right one when you have sex with someone and can still stand being around them 10 minutes later.
1: You know, and, and I feel like that that idea has become <laughs> such a kind of cliche thing to say. Yeah. You know, with all the jokes about, look, you don't pay prostitutes to, you know, have sex with them. You, you pay, pay them to so leave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> and I, I've heard all that stuff before at the same time. I mean. You know, what, what do you really want out of the encounter? Everyone wants something different. And, you know, and part of the challenge is trying to find someone that you actually can share a conversation with who wants the exact same thing out of, you know, wants the exact same thing at that point in their life as you do. And that's really, really kind of what the key is, right?
0: Well, of course, we in America must love prostitutes because we keep electing them every two and four years. Oh, hey, oh, ah. here's your room shot sounder. <laughs> Um, By the way, in in a uh, restaurant-quality segue, since we're talking about body parts and bodily functions and such, uh, there's this. Dateline, London. Firefighters came to the rescue of a man in distress when he got his penis stuck in a toaster.
1: Oh, I heard about this.
0: It is unclear exactly what the humiliated gentleman had been up to, but fortunately London's finest arrived to extricate his manhood from the electrical device... Unbelievably, another adventurer rivaled his ridiculous antics, I love the alliteration of these things, by somehow Mm. getting his member lodged in a vacuum cleaner. And the ultra-professional London Fire Brigade staff have had to free 79 people from handcuffs in the last three years alone. (laughs) Third officer Dave Brown says, quote, some of the incidents our firefighters are called out could be prevented with a little common sense. I don't know whether it's the 50 shades effect, but the number of incidents involving handcuffs seems to have gone up. I'm sure most people will be Fifty Shades of Red by the time our crews arrive to free them. Heyo!
1: Oh, oh I wow! S- see what he did there—the witty, the witty fire chief, huh?
0: <laughs> you silly Brits! Um,
1: oh wow!
0: In the uh, in the last three years, the Capitol's fire crews have been called out to 18 incidents involving children with their heads stuck in bathroom toilets or toilet seats. <laughs> uh, Five incidents involving people's hands being stuck in shredders. Uh, 79 incidents involving people trapped in handcuffs. Uh, Nine instances of men with rings stuck on their penises. Gosh. Uh, Four instances where people had their hands stuck in blenders. Mm. Uh, 17 incidents involving children with their fingers stuck in toys, including one with Legos stuck on his finger. Uh, A... (laughs) a man with a penis stuck in a toaster a man with his arm stuck in a porta potty uh, a child with his hand trapped in a candy machine uh, i'm not surprised by that one no i mean we all tried to you know grab something sure. out of the candy machine uh a, sure. ch- a child with his head trapped in an ironing board <laughs> How do you do that? Especially in hotels. Now, I know you know this from traveling, but those those ironing boards in hotels, once you get them unfolded, they don't fold back up. So I just leave them sitting there in the middle of the damn room. They don't fold back up.
1: The thing is, it's your room. You can do with it what you want. They will return it to the way it started. <laughs> if you can't get that done, that's that's fine. That's a perfectly acceptable way to do that.
0: Uh, let's see. What else happened? An adult. Is
1: Rick Tamlin the name of the guy who got... <laughs> Got his piece stuck in the toaster. Seems like something he'd do after filling it with mayonnaise from the opening credits. But I just I don't. So many of these things. It's like you, you could just not use your hands and just use you use a. How about a long wooden spoon in the blender instead of sticking your hand in the blender? It didn't. No.
0: T- oh, okay. It didn't taste like cotton candy, like that guy said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, an adult stuck in a child's toy car.
1: That sounds hilarious, though.
0: A uh, a child with his head stuck in a massage chair.
1: Oh, I don't, I'm scared to know how that happened.
0: Uh, a child with his foot stuck in a brass vase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone with a test tube stuck on their finger. Oh gosh. Uh, a child with a tambourine stuck on its head. I'm gonna guess that mom put that there. Just saying. And a man with a sewing machine needle stuck in his finger. Ow. Ow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, that sounds no. really unpleasant. Sounds really, really unpleasant. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, people are going to great lengths out there to feed their self-destructive side.
0: While we're, uh, we're speaking of bodily functions, let's translate onto this. Oh, no. Dateline, New Haven, Connecticut. In the late evening of September 7th, Lucy Fleming... Uh, Yale uh, class of sixteen opened the dryer in the Saybrook College laundry room to an unpleasant surprise. You can probably tell where this is going. Her clothes were soiled with feces, and it took the physical delivery of the excrement to the saybrook master 's office to catch administrator 's attention in the past several weeks. An unknown individual or group whom students have dubbed the "poopetrator," oh. God. Uh, has repeatedly defecated in students' laundry, leaving many fearful about the safety of their clothes. After an additional episode was reported on September 26th, Saybrook Master Paul Hudak announced that Yale police has officially joined the investigation and is seeking further information. Good to see uh, Najee Davenport found work after he retired. What do you th- what do you think that the the student
1: that came up with the poop is doing still? Are they like still walking around taking credit for it? Do you think they're introducing themselves at parties says, "Yeah, I, you know, I came up with the poop trader.
0: I'm the poop guy." Oh, nice the, to meet you. No, I'm
1: not I'm not the guy. I came up with the name.
0: <laughs> you you know they had to do the fight the tiger fist pump after they did it too. Mm. They're like self high five. <laughs> yeah. Self high five. Uh, that reminds me of of the uh <laughs> The, the add a word, ruin a movie Twitter hashtag that was floating around over this last hey, weekend. And no, that was good. And uh, I, I remember coming up with Debbie Does Dallas Page. <laughs> 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 Bang! Um... <laughs> Uh, we've asked our students to not leave their laundry unattended. The affected machines have been thoroughly disinfected and we're actively seeking information about who the perpetrator might be. You didn't use p- poop a traitor. Come on, man. No, come Respect on, them. where's the hack in this story? Yeah, Hudak told the news, that's about all we can do. Incident has sparked concern throughout campus. Although Yale police could not be reached for comment, the Yale College Council said in an email to the news that they would speak with the Council of Masters to see whether any changes to laundry access needed to be made. Uh, on September 6th, Fleming said two other Saybrook students, Fleming's sweetmate mate and her sweetmate's boyfriend, were first targeted as their clothes were soiled with urine and food waste. The next day, when Fleming's clothes were also urinated upon, she rewashed and dried them only to find that they had been ruined by excrement. Quote, and this is the best quote ever. This, this is the, in fact, this might have to take over the, uh, the title. Quote, I simultaneously wanted to throw up, cry, and punch someone, unquote, Fleming said. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: It just feels like something that someone could say after a
0: sexual encounter gone wrong. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Many students expressed desire to have the laundry room watched by security guards, but in the meantime, Saybrook undergrads have already taken matters into their own hands. I'm sure that's not all they took into their own hands based on this. Uh, Students have been standing watch over the machine, said Camille Fonseca, class of 16, but she added that most students think the severity of the incidents warrants 24-7 security. Quote, it's ruining people's quality of life, unquote, Fonseca said. It's also ruining their clothes. Hey, Ed, am I right? The thing is, though,
1: is whoever's doing this is just a terrible person. There's just there's no other way to describe just a horrible person. Why would you want to do that to someone? Look, you know, like all of the the pranks that people play involving, you know, bodily fluid or, or, uh, you know, you hear about people working in Taco Bell with the special sauce. You're a terrible person. Yeah. There's there's no there's no explanation you can give me. No, see, it's hilarious. No, it's not. It's not hilarious. You're just you're you're a terrible person. And I'm not (laughs) afraid to make that judgment. Feel free to come at me with anything. And I'm going to say that whatever you were deciding to do with your feces is going to override anything you could say about me. (laughs) Come after me. (laughs) No, come after me on that one, man. I feel like I'm holding the trump card there. Everyone felt like, you know, hey, everyone in this uh, this government shutdown argument,
0: but the health care act's
1: a law. See, I win this one. I mean, and then of course the debate still went on anyway because it's politics, and it never stops. every side has to have a rebuttal. But uh,
0: you know, just saying, you are uh, you're you, bad. You're a bad person. You want to hear about some ogs? Listen to this. Uh, Dateline Rock Hill, South Carolina. While in the parking lot of a Rock Hill restaurant, a man told police he tossed a hammer at a knife wielding assailant who hit him with his car Saturday night. Now, this is the first sentence of this copy. A dude a good to- start. tosses a hammer at a guy with a knife who hit him with his car.
1: Yeah, like the Olympic hammer, like the one where you get the good <laughs> spinning start.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about one of those squeaking hammers where you know you hit a little child's knee with it and it goes eh, eh, one of those things. <laughs> uh, <That> was- <laughs> Which, that threw him into the air and onto a windshield. Um, The the police were sent to the sandbar on Selene's Road at 10 p.m. after receiving word of an assault, according to a Rock Hill police report. The victim, 40, told police he and another man, 40, had been in an argument. The suspect kicked the passenger door to his 95 Oldsmobile, the report states. The victim armed himself with a hammer, police said, while the suspect pointed a knife at him. (laughs) This sounds awesome. Why wasn't I around for this? Um, the suspect jumped into his 1989 Ford crown Vic and sped after the victim. The report states the victim threw the hammer at the man's windshield. The driver sped off around the parking lot and then drove at him again, this time hitting the victim's car. The victim told police the attacker then drove at him again, hitting him in the legs. The report states the man told police he was thrown into the air and hit the crown Vic's windshield. The victim went to Piedmont Medical Center for treatment while police spoke with four witnesses who corroborated the victim's story. Police found the suspect's car at a Twin Lakes Road home. The car's front left corner and windshield were damaged. The man's mother told police her son was not home.
1: This is just, yeah, all right. Uh, Strange reactions. I mean, I've gotten bitter about stuff on the road, too, but geez, (laughs) it's kicking it up a notch.
0: I like the comment that came from this story. It says, "Paper covers rock. Scissors cut paper. Hammer beats knife. Car beats man." <laughs>
1: That's terrible, oh, but gosh. awesome. Uh,
0: yeah, that, huh? it's not. It's not. It's not wrong. <laughs> it's definitely not wrong. <laughs> so, um, I, I want to read one other local south carolina story i'll let you choose between these two
1: well actually i have one story though well go ahead i do have one story of my own this doesn't doesn't involve humans as much as it involves a pig that likes to party i don't know did you hear about this
0: one i did not go ahead
1: Did not okay a boozy feral pig that shot to international fame after drinking 18 cans of beer starting a fight with a cow and causing chaos at an australian campsite has died in a car accident local authorities confirmed that swino Clever name. Had recently been hit by a passing vehicle in a remote stretch of the northern Pilbara region, adding that he had been identified by distinctive marking on the back of his ears. It is not known if Swino had been drinking prior to the accident. Last month the boorish porker I mean, come on, like these come on, Brian, I, I
0: say it every time, but these stories is unbelievable. The boorish porker. Uh I've I've been around a lot of boorish porkers in my day. Uh, unfortunately Fair none of them were feral pigs.
1: Ah, uh, Well, last month, the Boorish Porker went on a drunken rampage at the De Grey River campsite in Port Headland after stealing and drinking three six-packs of beer that had been left unguarded. After he drank the alcohol, events took a somewhat predictable turn, with Swino starting a fight with a cow, demolishing nearby tents, rubbish bins, in his hunt for a midnight snack, recklessly swimming into the middle of a river before eventually collapsing drunk underneath a log.
0: What do you think of that pig, Brian? Uh, Well... If you're gonna go out, that's the way to go out. So, so big ups to him. Congratulations, for glory! Me. I think is yeah. probably. <laughs> but <laughs>
1: honestly, uh, does this just show that alcohol has the exact same effect on everything that drinks it?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I, I seem to recall we had that story about him getting involved in a fight with a cow. I I remember reading. Sounds that very familiar.
1: So I I wanted to bring this up. But still, if you had if if a human had 18 beers. Do you really think that fighting another human being and then, you know, digging through a bunch of stuff trying to find some food – so, let me, I mean, let's recap here. Got drunk, got into a fight, wanted food. Sounds like a perfectly, you know, understandable night.
0: Sounds like my roommate's ex-girlfriend.
1: Yeah. that's. I'm just saying, you know, tons of humans would have this same reaction by <laughs> drinking that much beer. <laughs>
0: We're also all about the uh, follow-up stories on this program too. Absolutely,
1: callbacks are huge.
0: So, the the South Carolina stories. Uh, I'm going to let you choose from a man being stabbed with a fork or a man being pistol whipped. Your call.
1: Oh, let's go stabbed with the fork.
0: Okay, there's there's no death from this. No, no Good. need to worry about that. Is, is there any poop involved? <laughs> no. Um, oh, God. A uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina woman was sent for psychiatric evaluation after police say she stabbed her boyfriend with a kitchen fork. Well, that's just a rookie move right there. Go with the tongs yeah. or something. Um, something. Police responding to calls about an assault on Powderhouse Street off Green Street at about 10.45 p.m. found a man with a stab wound on his left arm, according to a Rock Hill police report. The man, 54, told police that his girlfriend, 43, attacked him with a large kitchen fork. I guess that's a little better. During, an, during an argument, the report states, the woman told police the couple began arguing, and this is always the case, when another woman called her boyfriend on his cell phone, the report states mm. she told police her boyfriend punched her in the face and stabbed himself with the fork.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, domestic violence. Is you know not what? A I'll get laughing you, laughing batter. But that's just kind of a funny thought.
0: I'll get you, bitch! I'm going to stab myself. I'm going <laughs> to blame like, it on you. Sounds like Chief Carlin
1: from Fletch. After I shoot you, I just stick myself in the knife with this arm. Or in the arm with this knife. Whatever. Uh, sniper. know what I mean. (laughs) Germans, Pearl Harbor,
0: you know, all that fun stuff. The the man told police he tried to defend himself after the woman stabbed him, the report states. The woman did not have injuries consistent with her story. She was charged with criminal domestic violence. She was taken to jail and has not yet received a bond. (sighs) Hmm. Yeah. That's... uh... I, I just
1: feel like that wouldn't work out well when the other people at the jail find out why you're in. You're in for domestic violence? Well, what happened? I uh, stabbed stab someone with a fork. Oh, good luck for finding anyone to sit with
0: you in the cafeteria. <laughs> oh God! Uh, by the way, it uh, it occurs to me we've not made fun of Floridians yet, so we we need What's... to do that. Oh yeah. boy. For uh, for those of you listening, by the way, this is not normally the length of this program. However, we've decided to make this kind of a supersized, did that make error, since uh, we had some technical difficulties at the beginning of the program. So uh, please mind our indulgences.
1: A little bit of a late start. So uh,
0: off to Florida. We teased this in the open. So you know me. I'm not one to tease something without revisiting it. A deputy pulled over a driver identified by her license as Heather Dawn Harley-Davidson, 49, of St. Augustine, Florida, after reportedly seeing her hugging up the road by swerving from side to side and leaving it on three occasions last Tuesday about 12.30 a.m. An arrest report from the St. John Sheriff's Office. And, uh, Ed, it's time to play (laughs) React to that mug. It's, It's coming. Oh, boy. (laughs)
1: i just was really excited that that she hogged up the road that's great riding right there
0: yeah uh when harley davidson got out of her vehicle deputy said she appeared to have (laughs) a a hard time standing deputies also noted that her speech was extremely slurred and she couldn't get her license out of her purse uh after fumbling unsuccessfully to find her license harley davidson allegedly got upset and threw her whole bag at the deputy through the window she also reportedly refused to perform field sobriety exercises Due to her level of intoxication, she had to be medically cleared at a hospital where she allegedly yelled profanities at the hospital staff. Two deputies were required to escort her to a restroom at the hospital because she could barely walk and almost fell on several attempts to reach a restroom, according to the report. And all of a sudden, I'm reminded of the old uh, famous Harley shirt where it says, if you can read this, the bitch fell off. Oh,
1: well played. (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I had an immediate reaction when I saw the mugshot that you sent along, and that reaction is has everything to do with the look on her face. It's not just the standard, oh, gosh, I'm in for a long night, or I'm in deep trouble right now, or anything of that nature. Everything on the look of her face leads me to believe that after this picture was snapped, she started screaming and swearing at the officer that took it going. <laughs> you like what you see? You seen enough? Oh, why don't you take a picture your last long, uh, or take another picture, whatever.
0: Yeah, she's uh, she's ready to throw. I mean, you, you can tell that just from looking at the uh, at the picture.
1: But she thinks she's hot while she's ready to
0: throw. By the way, I, I'd forgotten to tell you about this, and I'll tell you on air. There's actually now a site that I happen to stumble upon called justmugshots.com. Where it has those
1: are actually an amazing uh, sting. Um, I mean, that's really all it is. It's, it's complete extortion that those websites are running, and it's really messed up. This actually happened to someone that I know okay. where they had been arrested, um, and you know, won't get into what for or why or anything of that nature. But what had happened was one of these websites bought their mugshot from you know it's it's public record. So they posted the mugshot and tied it in with the various search engines. So if you typed in their name, Google something like that on Google Images, you'd see their mugshot come up, and then you'd click on it and find out what their crime was. Now what they do is then they get in touch with the person somehow. And say, well, if you pay us $250, we'll take it down. Oh, that's just wrong. Messed up, isn't it? Wow. So – You know, mugshots that come with a a newspaper story, okay, that's one thing. But if we're grabbing them off websites, then, I I mean, just because of the personal tie that I have to that story, uh, as that happened to a friend of mine, it's like, you know what, I can feel really bad for those people on those websites, knowing what happens to them. It's not just their own stupidity sometimes that comes up, you know, biting them. It's like like they're being repunished for the thing that they already did.
0: This one, (laughs) you're going to have to see the mug on this one, too. Isn't that incredible, though? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a it, it's a smart
1: way to make money, but at the same time, that's someone that has no scruples whatsoever.
0: Then again, there are far too many people in this country that have no scruples. Uh, okay, that's true. A uh, naked man accused of yelling and throwing a leather coat, a mailbox, and a gate at a truck got arrested, according <laughs> to recently released records.
1: Sorry, that was really loud.
0: Uh, a uh, a leather coat, a mailbox, and a gate.
1: Well. <laughs> That's an interesting choice for, for any number of reasons. First of all, I love the idea that throwing a leather jacket at someone is going to do anything. Um, it's like uh – God, I'm trying to think it, it. It sounds like it would be a chase in one of the naked gun movies or something when someone throws something at the, you know, Frank Drebin and he grabs it and is pressing it against his face while he wildly like tries to ride <laughs> around. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like someone throws, here's a leather jacket. And they catch it. Oh, I can't see, you know, and something like that. Uh, the mailbox is hilarious just because that's the complete opposite of what's always happening to mailboxes. Normally people are driving along and hitting them with baseball bats or things of that nature. Um, but then the gate—that's an interesting choice as well. Uh, was there some sort of destruction going on before this all went down that those were all readily available items?
0: There, uh, there, kind of was. Although with okay. the with the mailbox thing, I can kind of picture him throwing it and going "special delivery, bitch!" and then it then it hits the <laughs> thing and he's like, "Yeah!" You know, with, the, with the little fist pump afterwards. All of a sudden, he became a call of the wild man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, live action. <laughs> The case began around 7.05 a.m. September 21st, as a Martin County Sheriff's deputy went to an address on Southwest Scory Lane in Stewart, quote, in reference to a nude male throwing things and yelling at cars, unquote, a report states. The man identified as the victim said as he and his wife drove past, he saw his 40-year-old neighbor, Robert Sell, standing without clothes in the yard, quote, the victim stated that the suspect was throwing things in his yard, a report states. The suspect then began to throw th- throw items into the street, unquote. Uh, Cell is accused of, th- of throwing a gate, mailbox, and leather coat at the victim's truck with the leather coat landing in the truck bed. When the deputy arrived, Cell was in his yard, quote, he was still nude and throwing things, unquote, a report states. There's another good title, Candidate, Nude and Throwing Things. Um, yeah, it
1: could be on after Naked and Afraid.
0: He, uh, he threw a knife and the neck of a guitar at the police officer.
1: So you broke the guitar first. Uh, apparently. You'd hope.
0: Yeah. Uh, Otherwise,
1: he... that would be quite a neck of a guitar.
0: Yeah. Here's the uh, here's the mug of said naked dude. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh! <laughs> Looks like David Allen Coe throwing stuff at people. Oh, uh. something. <laughs>
1: David Allen Go, what a call! I was thinking, just like, did you try to be and not make it into Sons of Anarchy?
0: Dude, I was driving down the road and Steve Earle started throwing stuff. at
1: Yeah, uh, that's true. That's a good call, Steve Earle from the Wire. Oh, that's right. He did. He actually makes music too. <laughs> no, Steve Earle's great. I, I don't even.
0: He's cool. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's quite a mug. We uh, we talk on this program about bad parenting. Uh, Hashtag real parenting, by the way, for those of you who like to hashtag
1: real parenting from non-parents.
0: Yeah, for those of you who like to uh, you know play along with the program, we we like to have hashtags like ESPN has and everybody else. So get your uh, real parent hashtag real parenting out uh, because you're going to need it here. Philomena Maria Melton, a 23-year-old mom, was charged with child neglect and possession of synthetic marijuana after she allegedly smoked some fake weed and then fell asleep in her van at a Kangaroo Express store. Ocala police report. A uh, concerned employee called uh, police after finding the snoozing mom along with her almost two-year-old child inside the van with the door open, according to the report. It might be fake pot, but it'll get her real jail time. Uh, and uh, here's the the mug on this individual. Oh, boy. Uh Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
1: oh geez, it looks like <laughs> Julia and Moore's like you know strung out kid.
0: <laughs> to uh, to borrow a line from a a former coworker of mine, she looks like she got rode hard and put up wet.
1: <sighs> yeah, that's not. There's a lot of pain behind those eyes. Yeah, and a lot of uh, fake weed
0: behind those yeah, eyes
1: too. No, let's, yeah, no, that's yeah, uh, that's let's go surfing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you got it. I don't know if anyone else will get the Forgetting Sarah Marshall <laughs> reference. But seriously, she looks like a really uh, a much younger and very sad. She looks like uh, she's channeling Amber Waves from the uh, coked-out period of Boogie Nights. <laughs> I'm, that's the best I got for you, awesome. and I think it's a good call. Um, Dateline, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Trouble. Every time I hear that, all I ever think of is the Legends Baseball League that was yeah. around for like
0: two years yeah, that's, that's a good call. Uh say Trouble was brewing at a Circle K store uh, in Port St. Lucie early Wednesday after a customer, identified as Brian Dobbs, 42, went inside for some coffee after illegally parking his truck, causing three cars to be blocked and unable to exit the lot, according to a report from Port St. Lucie police. Uh, after a customer asked Dobbs to move his truck, police said, Dobbs apparently got a little steamed. Know, and responded aggressively but peacefully left the store. When a second customer asked him to move his truck as he left the store, Dobbs approached a man who was standing by his blocked car, opened the car's door and poured coffee inside it, and also poured some onto the man, according to the report. Dobbs then <laughs> allegedly re entered the Circle K and refilled his cup of coffee and left without paying for it. Whoa. <laughs> so it's not just vandalism, it's theft. Uh, Dobbs was charged with aggravated battery, criminal mischief, retail theft, and resisting an officer. And the headline for this is, Hot Coffee Attack Lands Man in Latte Trouble. Uh, uh, really? uh, Gosh, that's just thats, that's uh, bad. Yeah, that's, that's all kinds of things right there is what that is. I...
1: I just all I can ever picture is the excitement that these these editors have when they come up with these headlines.
0: Well, if you're if you're working the dumbass beat, you almost have to. You have to indulge yourself. Uh, That's true. Uh, Dateline Plant City, Florida. A 59 year old Plant City man was arrested after allegedly stopping in a McDonald's restaurant drive through in Wildwood with no pants and trying to make an employee touch him. Steve Orville Clemens was charged with battery and placed in the Sumter County Jail in lieu of $500 hours bail. According to the Sumter County Sheriff's Office, the McDonald's employee initially didn't notice the driver was not wearing pants. Lieutenant Bobby Carruthers, sheriff's spokesman, said when the employee gave the man his change back, she noticed he was performing a sexual act on himself. He then reportedly grabbed her hand and attempted to pull it into his vehicle to warn he was performing the act. The employee hmm. closed the window and called 911... Carruthers said deputies spotted the vehicle about five minutes later at a nearby gas station where Clemens was still inside with a T-shirt strategically placed over his crotch.
1: Ah, uh, well played. You know, I think that's probably going to get you out of that one.
0: And uh, here's the mug on that dude.
1: Oh, gosh. See, you know. <laughs> <ooh>.
0: <laughs>
1: it just, it just it just looks like he's questioning his life decisions as his picture is <laughs> being taken, doesn't it? Yes.
0: Where did I go wrong?
1: Seriously, that's all I get out of that. I, you know, I did find a story though, and I, I'm, you know, we've we've touched on it a little. All of the stuff that's going on with the government shutdown, you know, we touched on it a little in last week's. Did that make air? And we have made it clear we do not want to become a political podcast. No, there are enough no, of those no, no, out no. there. There's enough hot air, uh, you know, being blown around in, in that that forum. Uh, however. It's a big issue, so we, ha- we do have to mention some things about it, uh, and last week we mentioned about a KKK rally having to be canceled yeah. because of the government shutdown right? Um, because there, were no, there was no one uh, from the staff of the park where it was going to be held that was going to be available to keep the peace and so on and so forth. So as we're tracking ways that the country has been affected by the government shutdown, I think it's important to share this story. Um, So here we go. This might be one of the only good things to come out of the ongoing government shutdown, says the article. Any furloughed employee looking to keep her hands busy can now get a little extra personal satisfaction while stuck at home, namely in the form of a free five-inch pink vibrator from vibrators.com. They are giving away up to 200 sex toys daily to government employees during the shutdown. The promotion, which began last Friday, started slow with 400 vibrators given away over the course of the weekend. On Monday, vibrators.com turned up the speed, har-har, filling out orders of their daily stock of 200 toys before noon tom nardoni is the president of prive.co which uh runs vibrators.com and several other websites that sell items the more easily embarrassed might not buy in public much less fine with ease shop in private for example sells everything anyway i'm good i don't care about them nor do i want to do a commercial for them even though this article kind of already is <laughs> but it's just it, it you know so they asked him Uh, he said that he could continue offering free vibrators to government employees even if the shutdown were to last through December. We buy them by the pallet, he said. I think right now we have 17,000 of them on hand. So I was like, maybe we should give a free vibrator to the government employees. And someone else said, well, that sounds like a good idea. They've got nothing else to do.
0: Well, uh, one would argue that they could already have a pretty good angle on how to put it in because their head's already down there near where the uh, – But, yeah, I I had to pass that along. That's – just uh,
1: talking about all the different things that are be affected. You hear people try to talk about things like, you know, the FDA uh, inspectors are all furloughed right now. So be careful of the milk you drink and the meat you eat and all and so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know how many people are talking about that side of the story. Maybe they're going to have a much better uh, level of morale around government offices when they get back to work. Who knows?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I wonder if this person would, would want to, Invest in one of those. I'm really scared to read know. this story. Oh, boy. But here goes. Uh, something suspicious went on in the apparel department of an Ocala Walmart last week. The security mm. guard spotted an older gentleman wearing rosé blush, cherry red lipstick, and dressed as a woman, popping the tags off of several items. That wasn't Macklemore, was it? uh <laughs> Well, you know, kind of might look that way. He had more than $800 in his wallet. I guess he had more than $20. Um, But Manuel Rodriguez, age 80, was caught trying to steal items and stuff them into a purse that had also been stolen from a store shelf, according to a Marion County Sheriff's Office report. The guard followed Rodriguez as he entered the frozen food department, grabbed an item, and walked to the checkout line to pay for it. The guard stopped his getaway and detained Rodriguez until sheriff's deputies arrived, Rodriguez of Ocalo was charged with petty theft and booked into jail while still wearing lipstick. Mm. When asked why he tried to steal eighty seven dollars worth of goods, he said, quote, I don't know, unquote, according to the report, and here is his slash her mug. Oh great. Well while we're waiting on that. Line, <laughs> okay.
1: Um you know. The the question, and I know this isn't going to be answered in the story because my questions never are answered in the write-ups. Of course. Did they catch the person that was following him around trying to recreate the caught Stealin
0: video? Nice. Uh, no. <laughs> He's just a really big Jade's Addiction fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Between that uh mental image and hearing mountain song about 5000 times today i'll never listen to jane's addiction again why did would you hear it so many times it's being used in commercials these days i don't i oh. don't know what product it's for but it's being used in commercials
1: yeah I couldn't tell you which one i hope i don't find out i'll try not to pay attention <laughs> i really have tried i've tried to tune out those commercials as best i can and it really – it's a couple of those things where that still baffles me when people are saying, like, hey, have you seen this commercial? Here's a link. I don't need one. <laughs> I do not need one. I will see it eventually during an NFL Sunday. You don't need to send me a commercial for me to watch.
0: It's like the Geico commercial. Please stop. The camel one, it's like, Mike, 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 Mike. Yes. It's hump day. I got it. <laughs> hmm. um, we were talking about bad life decisions. This person made some a teen mom story? Bad life decision. No, actually this is a a mom oh. mom story. A Macintosh Florida woman whom deputies allege was so drunk Wednesday she fell while leaving an Archer Road restaurant and struck her head in the parking lot, was charged with DUI and battery on a law enforcement officer. After while being arrested, she reportedly kicked the door of a patrol car into a deputy's knees. <laughs> This is yeah. where she started to make life, bad life decisions. Tammy O. Flag Dowie, 45 of 8140 E Avenue, was detained by an Alachua County Sheriff's deputy after she, she attempted to leave TGI Fridays and drive drunk at about 625 p.m. Mmm. Nice
1: happy hour there. <laughs> Come on, did did anyone else wonder, since she's in McIntosh, Florida, if she tried to drive her car through the window store?
0: Oh. hey (laughs) Thank you. Is is that the one one with all the goofy crap on the walls? Uh, Oh. Um, Yeah. The employees told the sheriff's office that Flag Dowie appeared intoxicated when she left the restaurant and then fell in the parking lot, resulting in a large knot on her head. A deputy later spotted Flag Dowie driving a car matching the description given by the restaurant employees south on Southwest 34th Street. When Flag Dowie was uh, pulled over, the deputy reported that she ha- was uneasy on her feet, had bloodshot eyes, uh, droopy eyelids, and reeked of alcohol. She also asked the deputy multiple times to arrest her, according to the arrest report. Dude, if you get popped for DUI before the sun even goes down, uh, it- it's time to tap the brakes. Uh, just saying. You know, then yeah. again. What do I know? I've, I've never been arrested for a DUI, but uh, whatever. Uh, she fared poorly on, mul- on multiple field sobriety tests and was arrested for DUI. Uh, they called an ambulance to the scene. She refused treatment. She was then placed in the back of a patrol car to transport her from the scene, but she kicked open the door, which struck and bruised the deputy's knees. She was taken to the hospital for treatment, where she refused to provide a urine or blood test. That always ends well. And she was so drunk that they couldn't even gather a breath sample from her.
1: My question is, why did she want to be arrested so badly?
0: Well, uh, if you see her, you'd probably understand. Uh, that's the person about whom we're speaking. That's a big nod on her head, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes,
1: that's very true. Looks she looks like, not well.
0: Looks like she tried to tattoo the Twitter egg logo If if you've just signed up for an account. <laughs> oh, that's
1: funny. That's whoa, hey, yeah, be real, pardon me, yeah, well, you've been just taking part in all the tobacco there in the Carolinas, I, yeah,
0: I, I keep killing the mic, and it's it's still i I don't know,
1: yeah, well, you know, that's just one of the tests on how our country is doing in the world, and uh you <laughs> know, the fact that we can't hit the cough button in time, that means we fare very poorly
0: versus what was it Dutch high school students, yeah, something like that <laughs> um this this is another nice one, uh. <laughs> oh boy Um, a man on September 9th told a St. Lucie County Sheriff's deputy he was taking out his trash when a 60 year old man who lives across the street started yelling at him and threatened to kill him Uh, further the man said the neighbor John Solomayor walked to the middle of Southwest Iroso Boulevard and took his penis out of his pants and with with his hand he shook it at him in a very vulgar manner and shouted suck it according to a recently released arrest affidavit oh fun Big day for him. (laughs) I got two words for you. That's just, oh, man. It was not Hunter Hunter Hearst Helmsley involved in that. Uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley getting involved (laughs) in that. That sounds fun. Um, Partying with your neighbor named Whiskey is probably a bad idea, especially if he's been out of jail for less than two days and is still wearing an ankle monitor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh that's so weird. It's, it's these stories that just what? How do you, I, I the idea of putting this grouping
0: of words together seems so foreign to me. A uh, married couple, a married Panama City Beach couple rather, spent an evening with their neighbor Paul Whiskey Smith the 2nd and his girlfriend before saying their goodbyes. Now wait a minute. Paul Whiskey Smith the 2nd? So there was an original Paul Whiskey Smith? Yes,
1: absolutely there was.
0: Yeah, uh I'm Whiskey Senior. They call me Johnny Walker. <laughs> what do they color code their outfits the <laughs> oldest one wears black and then blue and uh, so on and so forth it's like uh, buddy lee phillips is actually buddy lee phillips the fourth <laughs> um, uh, makes sense Moving actually. on uh, several hours later smith appeared at the couple's home banging on their front door and demanding to see his girlfriend according to the report the white smith his girlfriend wasn't in their house deputy said when Smith insisted his girlfriend was there, the woman got her husband, who'd been sleeping. When the husband appeared at the door, Smith punched him and knocked two of his teeth out, then kicked him when he fell down, witnesses told deputies. Responding deputies reportedly found Smith and his girlfriend at their house as both were getting into his car to leave. Oh my gosh. This is, this is I
1: mean, the fact that so much of this happens in Florida is just amazing.
0: Uh, Yeah. I uh, I don't know uh, <laughs> some of these things you just you can't really respond to. Kind of like this uh, last month, a Miami man, Ricardo Antonio Delahos, fifty-one, told deputies his dinner date at an, Isle, at an Isla Marada restaurant took a couple of his checks from his checkbook, which he'd briefly left on the table while he stepped away. That's a mistake, and then cashed the checks for almost twenty thousand dollars. The Monroe County Sheriff's Office reports. When questioned, the woman reportedly told investigators De La said he hit the lottery and handed her two signed checks, telling her he wanted her to have the money because she and her husband had been so good to him. Okay. The bank teller backed up the woman's story, saying she called De La Hose, uh, due to the sizable amount of the checks before cashing them, and he approved it, deputy said. When a deputy confronted De La with the new intel, he then confessed to lying about the incident because he wanted his money back, according to the sheriff's office. De La Hose was charged with making a false report, perjury, and three counts each of obstructing a criminal investigation and fraud.
1: I mean, they even have stories about how weird Florida is. <laughs> yeah. No, they do. No, I found one right now. I mean, this one, this one is from today, where it says, welcome to Florida, where something is always trying to kill you. The Sunshine State is the lightning strike capital and the shark bite capital capital we have hurricanes tornadoes stealthy sinkholes rabid raccoons abandoned pythons venomous spiders and yes even the sunshine can kill you via melanoma but the danger here is not limited to the visible take for instance flesh eating bacteria last month health health officials announced that what is the Vibrio vulnificus microorganism had claimed the life of a Palm Coast man after he'd gone fishing in the Halifax River near Ormond Beach. His was the ninth death and 27th case of this infection amongst Floridians this year. I mean, that's just the start of the story, and it goes on in much more detail. But when <laughs> even Florida news outlets are talking about how crazy a place it is, it seems like it would be a good sign that you might just want to move on.
0: Uh, yeah, of course, this uh, kind of cracks me up, frankly. I'll give you the initial story and then the follow-up to said story. This is from Massachusetts, which is another place that has a lot of weird stuff going on. It's not just Florida. A Massachusetts legislator has proposed a bill that would punish police officers for swearing or using racial slurs while dealing with the public. I don't know, do I
1: feel really bad about that? I don't think that seems perfectly reasonable,
0: doesn't it? Uh, Yeah, officers could even lose their jobs under the bill proposed by Springfield Democrat Benjamin Swan, which is scheduled to be discussed. Uh, This was last week. Co-sponsor Paul Haru tells the Boston Herald police are public servants, and it's unprofessional and beneath the dignity of officers to use bad language toward the people they represent. The Attleboro Democrat says the bill reinforces good police practice. Wayne Sampson, executive director of the Massachusetts Chiefs of Police Association, calls it radical legislation that is too broadly written. Everett Chief Steve Massey, Massey, I guess, president of major city chiefs, says he's concerned that exemplary officers could be fired over one bad word.
1: I see their point. Uh, and, you know, with some of the confrontations that happen when dealing with law enforcement, you know i can see someone saying get the f down or something of that nature and by that rule yeah that person would d- be dismissed and that's not what i'm talking about but at the same time the idea of you know racial slurs and end bombs and you know derogatory terms about hispanics or asians or something like that i mean that doesn't seem like you need to drag that into it i mean it pretty much calls into uh question your ability to just be able to execute the laws um versus, you know, having an agenda of your own if you start using those terms, no? Uh,
0: yeah, but then there was this. And uh, by the way, for those of you out there listening, we're rapidly approach- approaching the end of the program. So uh, for those of you who are wondering why we're getting to a lot of goofy stories at one point, this is why. This is I'd the... be
1: happy that you made it this far, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the update. And this is kind of upsetting, I guess. A state lawmaker who co-sponsored a bill that could have gotten police officers fired for cursing or using racial slurs while interacting with the public has withdrawn his support of the proposal. Hmm. State Representative Paul Haru now says he made a mistake in supporting the bill and won't vote for it if it makes it out of committee, which he says is unlikely. The Attleboro Democrat says he received calls and emails critical of the bill following media reports last week the presidents of two major police chiefs organizations in the state came out against the measure police chiefs say most departments already have rules that would preclude an officer from using offensive language under under conduct unbecoming an officer policies uh, i
1: mean i, I, w- I was going to i agree with jerry in the chat room where he starts talking about they don't already have a policy for that that seemed very hard to believe
0: uh, yeah that's that's kind of what i was thinking it seemed as though we're you know we're making a uh, a rule to Enforce another rule, but who knows? Bigger government. <laughs> yes, please.
1: More rules, more regulations.
0: <laughs> we want more. Um, no, that's...
1: I it. mean, come on. That, no, it just doesn't... It doesn't... It, it seems like it would be completely
0: redundant. There's got to be something in our place for that. And uh, finally, on the program this week... I kind of feel bad with this being the last story, but so be it. Dateline, New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. Police say they had no choice but to grant a man's wish to be taken to jail after they determined he was drunk when he drove off a road into a field in south-central Pennsylvania. The York Dispatch reports 20-year-old Noah Julius Jr. of East Berlin repeatedly asked Fairview Township Police to take him to jail after the wreck about 10 p.m. Thursday. Police say when they asked Julius why he wanted to go to jail, he replied, quote, for driving drunk, unquote. Police say they arrested Julius after he failed a field sobriety test. Uh, online court records did not list an attorney for Julius after his latest arrest but show he's awaiting trial on drunk driving charges filed in May by the Carroll Franklin Police also in New York County. I thought you were
1: going to his response was going to be something like I just finished Prison Break on Netflix and my brothers in county right now.
0: <laughs> I just finished Breaking Bad. I want, I want to go there. He's trying to get into that lifestyle, right, Joyce Evans? <laughs> that's another thing i I had completely forgotten about that should we bring that up on this program if you want to that's a better closer i think yeah i i agree so just to uh kind of lay it out there and uh we'll we'll get to the actual story in just a second but there was a a female anchor in philadelphia who decided that she was going to say something about some stuff going on in philadelphia that she probably shouldn't have uh said let's just go ahead and Leave it at that. Uh, This, (laughs) I don't even know how to properly say this without just going kind of completely off the rails, but there's this. This from Philadelphia news anchor Joyce Evans from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. (laughs) This from the Daily Mail. It says, a Philadelphia news anchor has been lambasted for tweeting a crude teaser comparing a fatal shooting to the grisly finale of Breaking Bad. The
1: Wait, you can't tell anyone what happened. Do we have to give a spoiler alert?
0: Yeah, sorry. Spoiler time. Uh, spoiler the, alert. The uh, the tweet said, Thought Breaking Bad was hot last Sunday? Seeking bad in West Philly, leaving six people shot tonight at 10. Oh, oh, okay. Just, you know, that
1: uh, Teasing is... Uh, in the TV industry, it's such an important thing, and you've got to keep people you know, informed of what's coming up later so they want to stay tuned and so on and so forth. But that is not the way to do it.
0: Yeah, and referred to a story about a shooting in Philadelphia Sunday night that left a 23-year-old man dead and five others injured.
1: Yeah, that sounds perfectly reasonable. I thought the responses were uh, amusing, if nothing else, just because they were so good at taking her to task for what she did.
0: Yeah, uh, immediately after posting the tweet, other Twitter users branded her an attention whore and criticized her for the poor choice of words. Is that for real? One asked. We make jokes in light of a serious tragedy. Tackiest local news tease ever, one said, while another added, can't wait for the on-air apology. Evan's name was soon trending in Philadelphia and eventually across the country. But as criticism flooded in, Evans refused to back down. Quote, last tweet, not at all a joke, she wrote. Very real life trauma was the point as opposed to one that end on TV. That was my point, unquote. Uh, Another Twitter user responded, quote, I don't think people missed your point as much as they didn't agree with how you presented it, unquote. And that's fair. And apparently, uh, as, as you and I know, we can't do anything anymore without creating hashtags. Uh, some took it a step further by creating hashtag Joyce Evans tweets, presenting fake tweets in the same tone. One of the examples that they cited was <laughs> fan of home alone. Check out this family that disappeared and left their two-year-old to die. Hashtag Joyce Evans tweets. Uh, one more wrote like the newsroom, find out who won't be in one for a while. Hashtag Joyce Evans tweets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Yeah. That's the winner for me.
0: I, uh, I like that. Um, there's some more that they cited, and we'll get, we'll get into some more uh, in just a minute to close out the program in an appropriate way. Um, hey, Dodgers fans, find out how one local serial killer has been dodging police for weeks tonight at 10, hashtag Joyce Evans tweets.
1: It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I remember very clearly, and this is one of the things I do remember picking up in college. My professors made it very clear to me. Mm -hmm. That in the world of TV news, when someone dies, you don't talk about it as, you know, it's not a tragedy. It's not anything like that. And so, you know, in one of those situations, that's something where you, you have to give the event the respect it deserves, you know.
0: Yeah. The um, person
1: died. That is all you say. You don't say they passed away. You don't say anything like that. You're you as a matter of fact if possible, and you were passing on the news at that
0: point. Here's another one. Uh, can't get enough new girl? Find out how an arsonist has one local girl searching for a new home tonight at 11. Hashtag Joyce Evans ah, tweets. So bad. Um, can't wait for Thursday's new Parks and Rec. Registered sex offender wrecks family's day at the park. Story at 11. Hashtag Joyce Evans tweets uh can't wait for the return of the walking dead child hit by bus legs severed might not survive hashtag joyce evans tweets
1: i mean you know then the thing is is at least that the people that are making you know jokes about this stuff are referencing events that aren't real uh as grisly as they may be but i mean the fact that she was talking about something that actually happened what i mean but how do you explain that if you're you know one of the families of the people that was shot oh well i was just trying to drum up interest in the story
0: yeah, no, and, and she doubled down on gonna, it, too.
1: Yeah, that's not going to fly. I'm sorry, but that's just not going to fly.
0: Yeah, here's here's one that says, Enjoying Trophy Wife? Tune in at 10 to hear about man who bludgeoned his wife with his high school football trophy. Hashtag Joyce Evans tweets. <sighs> Ooh.
1: we got a lot of creative people out there who can cram a lot into 140 characters. Um, but again, it just kind of proves that it's the perfect uh, medium for us today. Oh, you know, oh, I'm not going to think about it way too much. I'm not going to think about this. Way. I'm not going to think about this very much. I'm just going to take 140 characters and send
0: this out and be on my way. Here are three of these. These are all just horrible. Uh, fan of Deadwood, tune in at 10 to see report about man who crashed his car through a pharmacy killing two after being denied Viagra. Hashtag Joyce Evans tweet.
1: Like I said, uh, very creative
0: people. here's one that says when Franklin and bash finishes, see whose head got bashed in in an attack at Franklin Square uh, hashtag Joyce Evans tweet
1: <laughs> I still like the add a word ruin a movie hashtag better because like
0: I, I I had a much easier time gut laughing at those and then I didn't feel as guilty we'll we'll get to that one uh, in in just a minute uh, the there's this final one which. Uh, this is pretty much the the mic drop on this entire hashtag. Uh, we've all heard the old story about how what goes up must come down. Our story about the World Trade Center tonight at ten. Hashtag oh, Joyce Evans tweets.
1: Wow, someone really, really went for on this. Uh, yeah, and they, they they were you talk about doubling down. That's that's
0: that's all in. Uh, yeah. Oh, they also have not just uh add a word ruin a movie. They have add a word ruin a Christian book now.
1: Oh. Well, I'm sure that there are a lot of uh, creative responses for that. But, I mean, they had a word ruin a movie. That was funny. That was, you know, there was some funny stuff. Someone was talking about the Hurt Jake Locker or something, and that's a simple one. But, it's, you know, it's not bad.
0: Yeah, just uh, as as we uh, wrap this up fairly quickly, and, and you don't need to respond to these if you don't want to. You can just kind of uh, listen and, and uh, kind of laugh along, I guess. Um, <laughs> hashtag... Add a word, ruin a Christian book. Jesus wants to save Christians 15% or more on their car insurance. Uh, Yeah, we'll we'll skip that one. Um, The the Add a Word, Ruin a Movie. Uh, The Dark Knight's Cholesterol Rises. Uh, There Will Be Period Blood. Return of the Mac Jedi. Uh, hmm. Finding Nemo's remains. Oh. Yike. How sad. Uh, James Loney and the Giant Peach. <laughs> the, uh, the awkward silence of the lambs. That's, uh, that's decent. <laughs> You've got male genitalia. That's a uh, family guy joke. Uh, Jack Reacher Round. Yeah, <laughs> ten things I hate about you Jews is one of these. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. And it's over. <laughs> somebody, uh, somebody shanked a pun on that one. I think. Yeah, uh,
1: I, I think that we're we're stopping the fight right there. Uh,
0: between that and Schindler's To Do List, uh, wow. I think you can pretty much.
1: Okay. You know, look, I, I I know that the KKK had time on their hands when the rally got canceled, but apparently they're on the social media now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're on the inner tubes. Ooh. Um, and then, of course, there are some others uh, such as Iron Deficiency Man, uh, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. You know, s- somebody who wants to add two words instead of one word. Um, interview with the Constipated Vampire. Uh, pride and Racial Prejudice. Uh, Harry Potter and the Gas Chamber of Secrets. And this is the one on which I'm going to end. Nickel Back to the Future. Oh, okay. That one's nicely done. That's just clever and,
1: you know, not something that uh, is, is quite as wildly offensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to go out with uh, with some kind of racist, intolerant one. So we'll, we'll just make fun of bad Canadian rock bands as we bump out there. There we go. <laughs> so uh, now that we've brought that all the way back around... That will uh, bring to a close the program for the week. If you want to contact us again, DTMA podcast at gmail.com. Again, DTMA podcast at gmail.com. At did that make Ever on Twitter. The program will return uh, probably next week, I would imagine. Just to let, let you guys know, for those of you who plan your week around this, all none of you, uh, mm. as the basketball season starts to come around, Ed and I will have some goofier schedules. So, This may uh, result in the show coming up on Strange Days. If it does, that's your problem, not ours. It's a good reason to subscribe. Exactly. And uh, you you can subscribe, by the way, if you go to the... iTunes. Yeah, if you go to iTunes, if you go to the Twitter page, too, we have a link there so you can subscribe to the program. And anytime we publish a program, you can have it and then promptly wonder why the hell you wasted two hours of your life.
1: I say do it while you're multitasking. You know, you can pick up something here, something there. Maybe let some of the stuff you don't like as much just sort of
0: fly right past you.
1: It's okay. That's fine.
0: We'll still be here. We're not mad about it. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, on that note, he's Ed Barnes. I'm Brian Wilmer. And uh, this has been Did That Make Air? We will see you next week. Until next week, I don't have a funny tagline to bump the program out with, so write your own until we meet again. Be well.